0: The blast from our past network. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted? For Seven Winters Alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Deadly Force, starring Wings Hauser, Joyce Ingalls, and Paul Chenard. You wanted more, you're going to get more, right here, right now on Podcasting After Dark. It's me, it's one half of the pad team, Zach. You know what's coming tonight. It's going to be another full frontal dose of wings. But before we get to any of that, I want to introduce my beautiful, bodacious co-host, Corey. I'm just going to say, how you doing?
1: Take wings hauser and put him on a pedestal so so high and when he sings neon slime you know you're in store for a good good time (laughs)
0: wow that's beautiful that's beautiful
1: thanks buddy i workshopped that one all day i couldn't quite get the uh the last verse to end correctly but i think i got something there something that we can sort of build off of but uh yeah dude i am beyond excited to to dive back into the world of wings hauser
0: yes tonight we are going to be discussing 1983's deadly force which could quite possibly be Wings' best film that we will cover here on Podcasting After Dark. If not his best, clearly the most bonkers in the best way. Um, we will get to all that good stuff in a minute. But yes, Wingshauser is back on Podcasting after a little bit of a hiatus. Um <laughs> We're recording this in, Mar- uh, well, the end of February of 2022, uh, but we started doing wings. We started doing wings. So we started doing wings back in uh, well over a year ago. Yeah. Actually, I feel like it was around the same time this year, last year, uh, that we covered wings, and we've run the gamut with wings. We've done wings as a pimp. We've done wings as a redneck ass kicker. We've done Wings as a—well, I think that's it so far. Oh, oh sorry. We've done Dad Wings. <laughs> dad did. Wings in
1: 315.
0: Uh, very brief cameo.
1: Is the Redneck Ass Kicker, is that Mutant or is that L.A. Bounty? Which one's that one?
0: That's Mutant. And then we've done the, the, the Wings Drug Dealer in L.A. Bounty. There so, you go. So uh, we've gone, like, Bad Wings, Good Wings— Bad wings, and now we're back to good wings again. <laughs> with Deadly Force, yes. uh, Deadly Force was a was supposed to be a vehicle. Corey will go into a little bit more. It was supposed supposed to be a vehicle for Wings to kind of take off, kind of like a launching pad for his action film career. Um, didn't become that, sadly enough. But uh, I think the everyone involved in this movie was hoping that the name Stony Cooper would be uh, synonymous as synonymous as you know dirty harry um charlie bronson's character in death wish like uh like an all-around badass kind of dude uh sadly it did not and <laughs> we have deadly force and that's it but Corey, uh really quick you have zero connection to this movie up
1: until maybe watching it a couple days ago, right? Correct. Correct. What well, What is your connection? I assume it has to be much more than mine. I saw it on TV
0: as a kid, I believe, fully edited, like um uh, maybe, you know, during the day, like on Channel Thirty Six in the Bay Area, <laughs> on like a, a one o'clock in the afternoon. I think I, I saw bits and pieces of it. Never saw the whole thing, but saw the video box for decades, right, at the video store. Never having any interest back back then wanting to rent this movie. But something, the, 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 the birth of my love of Wings started probably because of podcasting after dark. You know, because of my deep dive into so many uh, amazing cult movies that we've done over the years and just a greater appreciation for certain actors that maybe I kind of dismissed back in the day. Wings is somebody that like I back then I was like, man, nah, I'm not really into him, right? Now I look at him I'm like, yeah, I'm really into him, clearly, because yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert, there's about two or three more Wings movies coming down the pipe. That's fantastic. So, uh, <laughs> that's that's
1: awesome in my book. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. And and like I said on our Instagram, Corey had uh, you know, kind of previewed that we were gonna break this movie down. And I wrote on on the Instagram, I said, look, this may not be one of the most memorable uh movies for, for our larger audience. However, everyone listening, do yourself a favor. Don't rent, don't get it at your library. Don't get it on VHS. Just go out and buy the Blu-ray, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, because it is worth it. This movie, uh, you'll see in our break, you'll hear in our breakdown as we go along. It's it's one wild ride. So strap yourself in.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to mince words here. I love this movie. So, like Zach said, no experience with it whatsoever. I've I recognize the cover, but that was it. Um, I'm kind of like you, Zach. Uh, I think we were similar in the in the in the fact that when we were younger, both of us kind of dismissed Wings, and I think we've discussed it many a times. But like you know, a lot of times when we were younger, we wanted to things to be more realistic and everything. And now I want things to be more fun and zany and famously. You know, I talked about wanting to watch L.A. Bounty and and, and how I didn't know that he was uh, a, a, not a cop in Vice Squad. I didn't know he was a pimp. I thought he was a cop in that. I thought he was a cop in L.A. Bounty. Deadly Force is literally the movie that I've been waiting for this entire Wings <laughs> venture. It, it's It's literally yes. the one I wanted. And I didn't know it because I'd never seen it, never seen hide nor hair of it outside of the cover, the movie cover, but watching it, I, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the wings I've been wanting. Not to say that I didn't enjoy the other wings, but this is what I honestly thought Vice Squad and L.A. Bounty was supposed to be. This was it, like wings being some kind of a either an avenging angel or a cop type of thing. Uh, so so this is everything that I want it to be. And then on top of it, it is so much fun and and in, in in such good ways too not not just because it's silly or stupid but because there's like actually really good acting in it uh like all the supporting cast yeah. is fantastic in this film uh everything about this movie is just amazing whether it's crazy shootout at the end or just some really good acting that's just doesn't need to be that good in a movie like this. This movie is T2B awesome. Uh, I echo your sentiment. Go buy the Shot Factory Blu-ray. Sadly, it's it's extremely bare bones, but I think that there's just nothing else out there to put on the disc, but it is worth it, and it's a damn good time. And if you've never seen it, well, you'll enjoy our breakdown, and we're going to have fun with it, but it's definitely worth watching.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I think... Uh, like Corey said, the, the the disc is bare bones and much of our backstory discussion will be bare bones outside of the cast and crew, um, which, which is a shame, which is really a shame. Uh, I, at the time of this recording, I think we're a month or so after the fact that um, somebody announced on Instagram that they're making a Wings Hauser documentary. So the, Wings is still very much alive um that was the other reason why i wanted to do wings to remind everybody that this this guy's alive and who knows i mean i would love it if whoever is involved in that documentary uh, listens to one of our wings breakdowns and understands that we love this guy as an actor as as a performer uh as cheeseball or zany as his movies are and there's moments in this movie we're going to break down that are pure cinema cheeseball gold. Yeah. Just gold. Gold, I- I baby, Like GIF-worthy. Yeah. Just like, or GIF-worthy or whatever. Just so great. Um, But we're going to get to all that. Uh, I just want to say at the top of the uh program, or the, at the top of the show, when I said, how you doing, he said that's wings pretty much through this entire movie every time he sees somebody new. Yes. So you can do a how you doing count. Starting uh, once we start breaking down this movie, eh, maybe five minutes into the breakdown, uh, you'll, you're going to get a "how you doing" count coming. So just get ready for that.
1: You can also do a count on uh, how many times you see his twig and berries, and uh, we'll talk about that too when we get to the the bathtub <laughs> shootout scene.
0: Oh, if you've ever wanted to see Wings Hauser's Taint, this is your movie.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> they definitely uh uh, when they filmed this movie they did not envision a world with hd and 62 inch tvs because if they did i (laughs) think they would have cut that uh scene a little bit differently but uh but we have it we have it and it's gold you know what i'm gonna say this once but it's gonna be applicable it's gold jerry gold
0: yeah, please. You can say it all through this whole thing. Every time we get to a scene that you think is amazing, please say it.
1: No, I, I won't. I won't go uh, full full Kenny Banya on this one from Seinfeld, <laughs> but I will say there it that go. one time.
0: <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to say the, the 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 brief like IMDb synopsis uh, of this says: uh, Stoney Cooper, a former Los Angeles police officer, is at a low point in his life, kicked off the force because of his anti-authority attitude. He now ekes out a living as a freelancer in New York. All this changes when the daughter of an old friend is killed by a serial killer terrorizing L.A. Although almost nobody in his old hometown is happy to see him back, Cooper pledges to bring the killer to justice before any more innocent people die.
1: So why didn't they call him a bounty hunter? Because it seems like he's a bounty hunter in this.
0: He is. I, I think he's more of a got a job for me i'll take anything you got versus a bounty hunter
1: yeah that's true yeah and he doesn't yeah because he doesn't really chase bounty hunters chase down um the people who skip bail and everything yeah he's technically not a bounty hunter but he's more of like a star Wars style bounty hunter
0: yeah he's a star Wars. you know he's a simple guy he uh he (laughs) he dribbles a soccer ball and he likes to say terrific all the time and great so for no reason um the, and the tagline of the poster says, "When the cops won't and the courts can't, Stony Cooper will give you justice. Deadly force, when nothing else will do."
2: <laughs> it's and it's a great when you've poster. exhausted.
0: Great poster. I know I would love to have a giant thing of that on my wall, but uh, Femme French might be a little uh, frustrated by that. <laughs> yeah. make it, nah, that's not gonna look so great. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's so funny. Like he's your. It's basically saying he's your last. When, when, when you've exhausted every other possibility, <laughs> yeah. then call up Wingshauser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stony Cooper. Oh, man. What a name, though. What a great fucking name.
0: <laughs> Offline, Corey and I were talking about how uh, the writer of this film. Well, I, I think he was, uh, was, it, was well, it Robert O'Neill? Uh,
1: it was, It was. it's interesting, This <laughs> it took three people to write this movie, but um, Robert <laughs> Vincent O'Neill, I wanted to I I talk to Zach offline, because I wanted to call out the fact that he also wrote Angel, 1983's Angel, a movie that is near and dear to our pal David Irons, and uh, <laughs> I just, I immediately, yes. when I saw that, I immediately thought of David, I was like, ah, I bet he loves it. Yeah, no doubt. That's a
0: great one. And, um, and I think it's uh, uh, Barry Schneider, right? Was it Barry? Well, which one is, who did Vice Squad?
1: Oh so so and then the connection to Vice Squad is uh so is the one bit of information behind the scenes information on this movie uh the producer Sandy Howard uh worked on Vice Squad I think produced Vice Squad as well and they were so enamored with Wings Hauser that they literally f- tried to find a vehicle for him they 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 came up with this and they wanted this to be a dirty hairy style series and I don't know why that didn't Happen. I don't know what the marketing problem with this movie was. Uh, sadly, I don't know. You know, if, if something didn't happen with, with the production of it and they didn't make it in the theaters or not like wide release or something, because this has everything that I think makes up a great action movie. Um, I got. I'll. You know, I'll probably elaborate more on the at the end. But you know, him shooting the car and having the car blow up, I would actually maybe redo that and make it a bit more uh, uh, less of a you know, a nicely wrapped up bow at the very end. But other than that, this movie... Is I think totally open for for a sequel. I think um or a prequel. Hell, you could go either direction with it. And uh, hell, you could make a, a prequel to it nowadays and use. Why don't you, you cast his son Cole Hauser to play uh Stony Cooper? But uh, yeah, so they wanted this to be a a series, an ongoing style series, action series, and it didn't really happen that way. And I think, I don't think Deadly Force let down Wings Hauser. I think the world let down deadly force.
0: Yeah, I, I I, mean, I'm sure I've heard. They're all rumors, of course, but I've heard that Wings is uh, some of the movies that he did. Uh, one one in particular, Tough Guys Don't Dance um, uh, there. I have the Blu-ray of that in, in on the backstory, uh, Wings is interviewed for it as well. Um, you know, he, he's he's got an edge to him. And can uh, maybe be difficult at times, and uh, and possibly there's some other issues that were going on, which maybe led to a little bit of a erratic behavior. Uh, yeah, uh. <laughs>
2: I'm,
0: not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to speculate. I just want to leave it at that. Yeah, but uh, I will say that th- this movie uh, has such colorful, uh, easy to identify characters that could be on a series could be yeah like you said uh not even a movie series but a tv series this would have been a great pilot for a television series um a a television series on cinemax because of the uh some of the graphic nature of this film yeah but which which is great for pad for sure um but but some of the other the other writers of this because like you said this has three writers one of them is barry schneider um barry schneider uh he wrote the screenplay for Class of 1984 uh oh. obviously one of our favorites yeah. Take this job and shove it. Oh wow. Uh Roller Boogie and just to name a few so that's already uh a few notable films. Uh Ken Barnett was one of the other writers. He did a story for another movie but this is basically his only screenplay he ever wrote. So um, I, I, it makes sense that this had three writers because at times it feels like there's almost three separate stories going on. Mm. There's Stony with the pimp, uh, or the Stoney with, you know, Ashley, there's Stoney with his wife and then there's Stoney with the ex killer. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that's why, but nevertheless, it fires on all cylinders in my opinion. Um, director Paul Aaron, Actually uh, did some really cool movies in the 80s. He did Morgan Stewart's Coming Home with um, John Cryer. And if you've never seen that one, I highly, highly recommend it. John Cryer is a huge horror fan in that movie. So oh, he's cool. got like uh, posters like Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead on his wall. And I haven't seen it in a, in a while now, but it's a really, really fun Underrated John Cryer movie. Highly recommend that one. Okay, yeah. Um, Morgan Stewart's and, Coming
1: Home. I, I actually recognize the the poster for it. I never saw it, but I recognize the poster.
0: Oh, that, that Corey, put that on your definitely on your to do list. Okay. Along with uh, that was then, this is now. Okay, but, yeah. cool. Morgan Stewart's Coming Home is a fun 80s romantic comedy. Uh, but he also directed uh, Force of One, a Chuck Norris movie, which I love, with our boy Clue Gulager uh and ron o'neill who plays uh, superfly or Sh- yeah superfly um and he was in red dawn as well
1: oh very cool
0: and jennifer o'neill of scanners fame yeah was yeah. in force mm-hmm. of one highly recommend force of one as a chuck norris movie if you're down for watching a chuck, Nor- chuck norris movie but fuck all that we're not talking about chuck norris right now we're talking about deadly force let's get to the cast wings hauser plays Stony cooper you know who Wings is. You love Wings. You gotta love your hot wings. Of course. Um Joyce <laughs> jo- now
1: yeah.
0: this is a portion this is. The, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say now now the rest of the cast has unfortunately passed away, it seems.
0: I, I was just gonna say, this is the part of the podcast that we're gonna depress the hell out of you. Yeah, c- because kick the in the in memoriam. Five or six actors are dull. T-
1: yeah, kick in the in memoriam music now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay. Joyce singles. She plays Eddie Cooper, uh, Ed. I love that. Any chick with a, uh, with a, with a quote unquote man's name. I dig like, uh, Larry and Fletch. I love
1: your body, Larry. <laughs> and honestly, I loved it too. I love the name Eddie for, for a, for a woman. And I, yeah, short, just calling her Ed. I thought that was very interesting.
0: She died in 2015. Yeah. At the age of 65. Not a lot of screen credits to her name. No. Um, she looks a lot like uh, what's-her-face from Conan the Barbarian.
1: Um, you just took it right out of my brain. Um, Sandal Bergman. I'm with you, man. She had a very strong Sandal Bergman vibe to her. Yeah, which I really like. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I, I thought she was great.
0: <laughs> yeah less wings, butt, and more her butt. But, yes, yes, but please. There you go. <laughs> please, uh, Paul uh, Shinar, or Sh- Sh- uh, Paul Shinar Yeah, he uh, he plays Joshua, Mister Joshua, <laughs> Joshua Adams, and he's he actually has a really great resume. Uh, he's he was in Scarface. The Se- he was a voice in The Secret of Nim. He was in Raw Deal. I uh, remember him though from this movie called The Big Blue, directed by Luc Besson, uh, from nineteen eighty-eight. Great okay. diving movie with uh, Jean Reno and Rosanna Arquette, and um, Griffin Dunn. Oh, very cool! Beautiful film. If you want, like a, it's a it's beautifully shot. It's it's it was one of my evening go to bed movies.
1: Nice, nice, and I love. I'm I'm just I just saw his. Uh you know there's a little bit of write up on IMDB and it says uh, attractive dark featured character actor with a voice like thunder and i'm like you know what he does have a pretty amazing voice i i am surprised he didn't do more voice work
0: yeah no doubt um the the guy is the guy is really commanding on screen he is
1: that's a actually great term for him yeah he's commanding
0: and 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 if you look up his IMDB if you want to have a little Paul Chanar night you won't go, uh, you won't be disappointed. He was, uh, he was in a movie called Man on Fire, which was actually remade with, um, Denzel Washington. Yeah. The original was with Scott Glenn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another fun, re- not fun, but
1: another, oh, I cool. movie. I love, uh, both versions of Man on Fire. I I'd probably kind of prefer the Denzel one, but I still love that trope. I love the, the, the person that will go to hell and back and die doing the right thing to save somebody. I just think that's such a, a cool story
0: yeah no doubt same 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 hashtag same <laughs> uh, he unfortunately died in nineteen eighty nine at the age of fifty three damn next death uh sorry, a uh, next actor al rushio he plays sam oh,
1: he was a he aw- he was awesome as sam I love him so much in this movie
0: so good this guy this guy's another actor who has a really long resume of films um everything from the Phantom with our boy Billy Zane. Jagged Edge, which is a great 80s thriller with uh, Jane Fonda and Jeff Bridges. And Showgirls. <clears throat> <laughs> and Showgirls. So there you go. He died. He died, unfortunately, in 2013 at the age of 89. Yeah. Next death. No, actually, <laughs> next. The guy who's alive. One guy yeah. who's alive is Arlen, Arlen Dean Snyder. Um, he plays Ashley Maynard. I I only know him from the movie Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. He plays one of the he plays Eastwood's buddy in that movie. Great Eastwood, tough as nails film.
1: Okay, okay. Looks like he was in an episode of Hunter too. Oh, and he was in. Uh, you know what? He was in Marked for Death. He was Duval in Marked for Death.
0: Isn't Marked for Death the one with the um with the with like the Jamaican
1: yes like yes voodoo group yes. or something. Yeah, screw face.
0: <laughs> He's still alive, by the way. Yeah. Still alive. Um, Someone who's not is Lincoln Kilpatrick. He plays Captain Hoxley. And we saw him in prison. There you go. He was in prison. uh, And, and he was in Fortress, another prison movie, yep. futuristic prison movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Who was he in in Prison though? Um the the prison movie. And when we say prison we're referring to the Rennie Harlan movie. We covered it back in season 1. Um uh, but who was he in that though?
0: He was one of the main characters. He was the one who who uh That's right. um who was he got shot at, did he get shot in the foot? I think he got shot in the foot, but he witnessed, he knew the uh he knew what happened to Vigo Morton's like the the ghost yeah. character
1: yeah that's right that's right okay
0: and unfortunately he died in 2004 at the age of 72 next death um <laughs> it's, I'm it's, not, I'm it's not, funny guys, we're not laughing I'm, I'm
1: it's, not, <laughs> we're not making fun of it it's just it's amazing it's remarkable. <laughs>
0: Most people are dead in this, so there you go. Yeah. Uh Bud Eakins. Bud Ekins is a stunt man um, who's been in a ton of movies, ton of mainstream movies: Blues Brothers, The Specialist, uh, National Lampoon's Animal House, <clears throat> The Next Karate Kid. Um, but he was in. Um, he plays Harvey Benton, and he's missing two fingers on his hand.
1: Oh, is, is he the so he plays the killer. Okay, he's he's the the two-fingered killer guy and he's really missing two fingers, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's makes creepy. That makes sense that he's a that he was a stuntman.
0: I want to talk about three more people and then that's it and then, you know, that are worth noting. Uh really quick, uh an actor named Paul Benjamin, he plays Lester. He com- shows up at the like the third act of the movie at the very end. He plays uh, the 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 husband of a character who gets killed and he's got an amazing resume as well. Everything from Midnight Cowboy to I remember him from Escape from New York and Do the Right Thing.
1: Oh, wow. And he was in The Shield, too. I mean, yeah, he he worked for a long time. He he passed away in 2019 at the age of 81, which damn good run for him. But yeah, I, I recognized him, but I didn't know like where I recognized him from.
0: Yeah, but he's very memorable actor for sure. Yeah. Um, two more, two more. I'm gonna notice or two more. I'll note and then uh, maybe I'll see if Corey can guess the last one. I'm gonna bring up or he he maybe he'll bring it Okay. Up, or him or her. Um, J Victor Lopez plays uh, Diego, aka Day yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and he has a very small role in this film. He plays a, a cameraman to Eddie, who is a, a reporter. Um, but. I I looked at him, and as soon as he popped up on screen, I'm like, "Holy shit, he's from Megaforce!"
1: <laughs> That's awesome. He plays Lopez in Megaforce. Yep,
0: great, great character actor. Um But yeah. The, anyways, I was gonna bring up this one other one. I don't know if it's really that important because uh, honestly, she's only on screen for maybe two minutes. But Corey, do you know who I'm thinking of? Uh, there's there's somebody else in there. Yeah,
1: I, I, there I there know. was it's, um. There was, a, there was a girl. There's a girl in this movie. She's she's uh, She might be golden. <laughs> there's a golden girl in this fucking movie. And Estelle Getty. She plays a cab driver. And the first time I watched it without looking it up on IMDb, you, you could just hear immediately. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's Estelle Getty. Like, what the fuck? And yeah, she's not in it that much. But also, and I'm sure you recognized him, uh, at the very beginning, the guy who's playing the rat game is Ned Eisenberg, who we saw in The Burning. And he literally has one second of screen time. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a known actor. And he's, you know, at least we know him now, but I'm like, he has like one second of screen time. Um, And it's fantastic. But yeah, Estelle Getty, she actually has a really good scene and is a lot of fun. So I'd love seeing her in this man.
0: Yeah. She's great in it. It's yeah. It's unfortunate about the actor from the burning. I feel like it's one of those cases of like, well, he looks way older than he probably was and he's losing his hair and hard to get a job. The the, uh, the the reality of Hollywood is it really kind of sucks. So um but yeah, Estelle Getty's great in just this little cameo and you think, Holy shit, that's a score. But you know what is a score is this freaking movie. And actually the score of this movie is a score. Yes, I, I just it want is. to point that out <laughs> yes, really
1: quick. Is. The 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 closing song and the song they play on the, the menu screen on the Blu-ray is so fucking good dude it's it's no neon slime but what is you know but it's still damn good and i actually thought wings was singing it and i watched the credits all the way to the end and he's not or it's not being performed by him it said i was like ah damn it's a great song though
0: it is a great song um but the the score of the movie is by gary scott who uh looks like he did a lot of a lot of music for uh, the the TV show Fame, mm. which that's pretty badass. Yeah.
1: So and this and this has a nice, yeah. it's got a fun synthwave score. Th- this movie and you know it has a couple song tracks that are great, that original songs that are great, but uh, the synthwave score itself is actually pretty fucking fantastic.
0: And of course, the love scene song is is terrible, but in a good way. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> um, but I- I'm ready for some wings. Are you ready for some wings? Extra hot wings. Fuck yeah,
1: baby. Let's do it.
2: Wingshauser is Stony Cooper You don't call him in Terrific You turn him loose and I don't carry a badge anymore And I deliver Daddy, No, we're not gonna make it We're gonna make it When the cops can't Daddy. And the courts won't He'll give you justice Deadly force When nothing
3: else will do Rated R Starts next Friday at a theater near you Check newspapers for showtimes
0: all right, Deadly Force opens with the killer embassy logo. Yeah. Uh, the good old days of eighties movie logos. God damn, I love them. Um Okay, this is going to be a little bit of a trip down memory lane for people that live in Los Angeles uh, or have ever been to Los Angeles or used
1: to live in Los Angeles for 15 years. Yeah, dude. One thing I absolutely love about this movie is seeing Santa Monica and downtown L.A. And I will 1983 circa 1983. And I will elaborate more on that as we get to different spots that, oh, I don't know, I used to live at or around. So it's (laughs) very exciting.
0: (laughs) Totally. Well, this opens on a shot of sunny Santa Monica in the beach, in the coastal, coastal apartment, high-rise apartment. There is a woman who's waking from her bed, uh, her alarm goes off, and she is listening to the news reports. The news is playing, and there's shots of Los Angeles, and the shows are getting ready. The news report says there's no new suspects in the ex-murder case. Fifteen related homicides in the past nine weeks. However, this is the 13th straight day of quiet. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fifteen murders. That's And this is, oh, but this is the 13th day of quiet.
1: Yeah, and this is one of those times where uh, subtitles definitely help because I spent the first, you know, 20 minutes of the movie thinking they were calling him the axe murderer. But it's the X. <laughs> murderer it didn't take anything away but i was just i was just confused as to why he never used an axe when i saw him (laughs) where's his axe damn it
0: yeah and and i love this and this is straight up you know typical morning news because she's the new the the reporter's giving this really dark story and then there's a pause you know 13th 13th straight day of quiet pause it's a busy Wednesday morning on the freeways. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then, like, a, and then they give a signal art, and I'm like, "Oh, signal arts, yep, just that's L.A. Oh, L.A. LA. <laughs> oh, LA.
0: <laughs> you, uh, during during this whole news like kind of radio rant, there. This uh, the woman is not; she's showering. When she's showering, I'm like, "Oh, that looks like Lizzie from the Warriors." By the way, it looks yeah. like one of the Lizzies yeah. from the Warriors. It could have been actually. I didn't track who she was.
1: Well, it's it's kind of moot because she'll be dead in t minus thirty seconds. <laughs>
0: yes, she goes out to her balcony uh, to look at the Pacific Ocean from Santa Monica, and then you see a hand kind of peeking out through the blinds of the of the sliding door, with only three fucking fingers. By the way, yeah, the the pinky and middle are cut off, and then suddenly the hands grab the woman, and you see like kind of blood splatter on the the curtains and then she gets thrown off the balcony covered in blood
1: in a great stunt i mean somebody goes Very flying creepy. right there and what a way to die obviously this has shades of lethal weapon you know the beginning of lethal oh, yeah. weapon uh, nice. although she Good wasn't call. she wasn't pushed you know she just sort of Her her swan dive on her own. Um, But this this kind of reminds me of that in a little bit of ways because there, too, in Lethal Weapon, you know, uh, uh, her dad calls in Danny Glover, right? Like to kind of figure that one out. And I think that was Atkins or somebody, wasn't it, in in Lethal Weapon? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Atkins.
0: Yeah. And this has a Mr. Joshua in it. So there you
1: go. Yeah, so it's interesting. So yeah, there's definitely shades of Lethal Weapon, but this is
0: before Lethal Weapon? Yeah, well, I mean, potentially, who knows, Shane Black might have written this. Uh, well, no, Lethal Weapon came out in what? 86, I think. Didn't
1: it? Yeah, Lethal Weapon was 1987. So, you, Oh, 87. You know okay. what? I'm going to say Shane Black saw Deadly Force, honestly.
0: I'm going to I'm going to say he did too. I love I love 80s Shane Black Of course, and 90s course. and a little bit of 2000s. Sure. Um, you know, he's very hit or miss in his recent career, uh t- to be honest with you. But yeah, I, I'm gonna say he. This was a heavy influence
1: on Lethal Weapon. I I think so too. Truly, truly. Yeah, there you go. And he'll be like, ah, nobody'll know because this movie was nothing. You know, Deadly Force was nothing, so no one's ever gonna remember that movie. Well, and for we, the most part, com- that's true. But we are going to. Champ- I'm going to champion this movie till the day I die.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I will take full credit for that championship.
1: Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, take full credit for Wings and everybody else's hard work on this movie. I will, Take all the credit. i
0: bring it back. Well, you know, Shout Factory, uh, shout out to Shout Factory. They, they're the ones who released a bunch of Wings Hauser movies on Blue and, and all the boutique companies who recently have released Wings Hauser movies. Thank you guys for doing that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so from there, she gets off the balcony, fades to black. Then you... Open up on the next scene of a... It's in New York. There's a rat on, like, a a spinning wheel... With, with a bunch of holes in it and a bunch of dudes are sitting around gambling on the street trying to figure out which hole the rat is going to go into uh, on the spinning wheel.
1: Spoiler alert, the rat goes to whatever hole he gets pointed at when he gets planted on there. Did you notice that? Like, So yes. this is when Ned Eisenberg is there and he's, he's the one that kind of puts the rat down. But the rat doesn't move. He puts the rat facing in a direction and the rat goes in a straight line to whatever that number was. And I was like, well, that's not a game of chance at all.
0: No, but you know who does win that game? It's Stony. Stony wins. That's
1: right, <laughs> our
0: boy.
3: I, why wasn't he playing like like was
1: it called craps or something or dice? Like why this elaborate rat game? <laughs> I, I don't know, but this this okay. <laughs> not not just, only does he... all you want to do is talk about the soccer ball. That's all you <laughs> want to do. Of course, I do. I know. All
0: all I know is he wins. He gets paged, um, and he leaves the game with his soccer ball. Do you think
1: he's kicking the soccer ball like you would a soccer ball, Zach? No. No. He,
0: would, he dribbles <laughs> it like a fucking basketball down the street.
1: Yeah,
3: he does. He and does. And this is not
0: the first time he uses a soccer ball like a basketball. It's no. going to only get worse.
1: I know. It's not even the same soccer ball either.
0: No. Or is it? No. It's probably not. Well,
1: this one's covered in poop as it goes down the street, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: get to that. So he's walking down the street of some you know, someplace in New York. And he walks past a woman who says, <laughs> and he says, how you doing? Yeah. And she gives him this look like who the fuck
1: are you talking to? Yeah. And he kind of taps her on the behind a little bit. I was like, that's that, talk. <laughs> Come on, man. He walks past
0: another guy who looks totally annoyed to look at him. And, uh, and, and he calls, he goes to a payphone and he calls his, I, which I'm assuming is his answering service. I guess. And he calls into, he says, Juliet, this is Romeo. (laughs) And he, as he's getting his messages from Juliet, his soccer ball falls out of his arms (laughs) and it falls into the street and he watches it. There's a clear shot of the ball rolling into the street under a car, then back to his expression on his face looking very downtrodden.
1: Yeah, no, he is completely crestfallen when he sees that. Because, I don't know if you noticed, I rewound it. It is it falls into like some shit or something first, like literal shit. And then it rolls under a cab car and yeah. And the camera pans back to him and he's just so, so, so crestfallen about it. Like he's so sad because he's, he's so not sad. getting it back. He's like, I'm not getting that back. I'm going to need to buy another soccer ball. Uh, I,
0: no, I think he, I think he went and got it back. I think he brought and, it with him to LA. It took
1: him with him to LA. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. It is
0: in his fucking bowling ball bag. So, uh. okay. So, So, yeah, he he gets uh, the messages from Juliet. She tells him that his wife called and wants him to sign divorce papers. And his buddy, Sam Goodwin, called from L.A., says it's an emergency. From there, you cut to Stoney at a bar, playing a piano, getting drunk, which I'm assuming is, like, in the morning. Yeah. Feels like it's in the morning.
1: And he's wearing a tuxedo.
0: He's wearing a fucking black... I asked my wife. I'm like, is she wearing a tuxedo? And She's like, I think it's just a black suit. And I'm like, it's like a it's a black suit but with suspenders. Like yeah. he he has a look. It's his. You can tell. And I only know that because I own and I should take a picture of it. Uh, I own the, uh, Wings Hauser's vinyl, vinyl vinyl um album Wings Living Right Ooh. when he was known as Wings Living Right from the 70s. And he's got suspenders on on the front cover of that as well. He okay. likes his suspenders.
1: Okay. Wings living right. God, yes. God bless that man. God bless him. Well, <laughs> so so then, I almost was like, was he actually playing? Because he, because the bar, I think so. The bar was like they were cleaning up at the. It looks like there was a band also cleaning up. So I was wondering if he was actually singing that night at the bar or something.
0: I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, why not? Right, I, sure. And I'm gonna say that he can play piano. Yeah, because uh, I think he does on that album. Uh, and and he's, he's
1: obviously musically inclined i mean he he sings and everything so i wouldn't be surprised if yeah if he can actually play the piano
0: yeah the the guy is the guy is really talented yeah yeah he's just he's just such a unique personality i think that's why again why we love him so much yeah <laughs> he's friends with the bartender the bartender's name is harry and the bartender's like you know you, uh, where are you heading to this time stoney and he's like i gotta fly to la five hours into thin air harry And you can tell and he says he hates flying, right? So that's another kind of character quirk about Stony. He's not he doesn't like to fly.
1: Yeah, but I was also like scratching my head, I was like, is is it really five hours from New York to LA? I I guess if you're taking a direct flight, I mean that's pretty (laughs) fast though.
0: It used well, I don't think it is now. If you think about it back in the day when we didn't have so much delays and whatnot, I bet I bet you it takes about five hours. I think it is. Okay. So phone rings, Harry picks up the phone, says it's for Stoney. It's a guy named Sal. He says he's got a job for him, and uh, Stoney says, "Tell him I'm on a plane." And Harry says, "He says he's on a plane," <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, to, uh, "You know, he's not—he's not hanging up." And and so finally, Stony walks over drunk because he's been doing shots all night. I'm assuming, uh, picks up the phone. And then Sal, who's this guy on the other end, tells Stony he's got a Puerto Rican revolutionary wrapped up in dynamite in his uh, in his in his machinery, ready to go boom in any second. Stony tells him to call the cops or the bomb squad, and he's like, "With what I got in that warehouse, after they arrest him, they'll arrest me." <laughs> Stony's like, "I'm on my way to the airport," and Stony says, "Look," or the, Sal says, "Look, I'll give you." For 20 minutes, I'll give you 20,000 cash, okay? And suddenly, Stoney raises his eyebrows. (laughs) From there, you cut to the next scene of him, Stoney, getting in a, with like cool rock music playing. He's leaving the bar and he's getting in a cab. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh money sure okay i'll do it Fuck, so he I mean, hails 20,
1: like 20 grand for 20 minutes worth of work of course in 19, and, in 1983 and this is 1983 money so that guys and gals with inflation and everything is probably around 35k today that's a lot of fucking money that's wow you're, you're math guy huh well, it's, yeah, it's like almost doubled, but I just, you pull back a little bit. But, and you know, it's funny. I only know this because of a lot of discussions I've had with Adam on uh Cartwright about uh, like how much things cost on Seinfeld. And that was like, you know, mid nineties. And so we looked it up at one point, you know? And so, yeah, I think we can safely say that that 20K back then was about 35-ish nowadays.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, okay, well. Well, there you go.
1: And if you like Seinfeld, go listen to Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast.
0: <laughs> Please plug away, <clears throat> plug me. Um, so he hails a cab. He so I just I, I, the, the details in this movie are everything. He hails a cab. He's got his tuxedo on. We're going to call it a tux just because it sounds funnier. Uh, he's got his bag. He's got his bag, which I'm assuming has a soccer ball in it, and he's got a garment bag. Hails a cab. Uh, throws the the soccer ball bag on top. Of the cab, and he goes right on time. Beautiful, it, <laughs> I'm yeah. like you're fucking sexist too, Stony. Well, well I, but he knows her, doesn't he? Know her? He does. He does know her. Yeah, but so, he, you know, he's a so, macho guy.
1: So I almost wondered if if he actually called the cab company and requested her like particularly because she seems to be up to his speed with like, you know, doing U-turns and hanging bitches in, in, in the street and everything and almost running people over, you know, and whatnot. But they, they seem to have a rapport
0: they do and and i feel like if this movie if this was a a series she would be a regular in the in the in the series
1: and dude once you said that i mean you know we read about it being wanting to be a movie series but i almost think this feels like like you said like a pilot to like a very gritty like tv series cuz yeah all these people all these uh side ca- characters are so well like casted and so well you know fleshed out in their their minuscule screen time that you're like yeah i actually Want to see more of the Estelle Getty cab driver. I want there to be a relationship between him and her, and she be his cab driver driving him around and stuff like that. Like, I love That's that. cool, yeah. man. Like, that's some cool ass fucking shit right there.
0: Yeah. And then you could do, you know, Stop Her My Mom Will Shoot, and she could be like the character from that movie, yeah. all badass and yeah. old and whatever. Yeah. So the golden girl herself, Estelle Getty, picks him up. I want to point out the fact, too, he gets in the cab, in the bag the soccer ball bag is on still on top of the cab and the the cab drives off and he reaches his hand out to grab the bag, almost loses the bag, but he saves it. So
1: yeah, nice job, Stoney. And that's actually Wingshauser doing it. Dude, Wingshauser does a lot of his own stunts in this movie. And I don't know if that's, you know, probably budget constraints and all that stuff, but he does a lot of his own stuff in this that I think nowadays you would never see any, like the actor actually do. I actually, you know what? I think I called it out in the mutant episode where he actually climbs the fence in his cowboy boots. And I was like, you would never have like an actual actor nowadays do that because they could fall. And then here he, later on, he climbs over like a, like a, a fence that has like spikes on it with his cowboy boots. And I'm like, and it's all wings. And you're just like that. They would never do that nowadays. Wings
0: all day, all wings day, all baby. Day. <laughs> so, uh, he gets in the cab and yeah, it's a Getty. And she, and, and she's like, so hot shot, none the, none the flight, huh? And then Stony's like taking his shirt off, and he's changing his clothes. And she's like, "Hey, you want to see my eleventh grandson?" And she like <laughs> throws these photos at him, like a hundred fucking photos in one of those photo rolls. I'm like, Jesus, how many photos does she have of her grandson? Yeah. And uh, she's telling him like the the name or whatever. And uh, and and he's as he's changing, she goes, "So, you going home for a little schmanky panky with the ex-wife?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and he Stoney says not ex-wife we're temporarily disengaged
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which he, you know
1: which is a, is an important piece of dialogue because it does Stoney you know he definitely still wants to be with his wife and you can sort of tell
0: yeah yeah totally totally and uh, you know as he's as she's like questioning him he's putting on his a bulletproof vest and she goes so, so what's so what's in LA if it's not the ex-wife And Stoney says, well, there's some maniac out there. Son of a bitch threw my friend's granddaughter off a seven-story balcony. And they say New York is crazy. She says that.
1: And and this whole time, uh, like, a car almost cuts her off, and she's immediately like, you want to go to heaven? Like, she's going to kill the person? And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's great. I love Estelle Getty. (laughs) Like, seriously, she's in this movie for a minute and a half. Well, like, weirdly, the scene's a little bit longer, but she's kind of only featured for, like, a minute and a half, but she just, she lights up the screen in that time.
0: So great, and I I wish she would have lasted just a little bit longer. Like actually driving the cab when they get to Sal's because it's clearly a dude driving the car as he flips a bitch, and and it's total eighties. I love it because it's like the it's like a guy. She's like this little you know older woman, and he's like this older beefy dude driving the car, the cab. (laughs) It's really funny. Anyways, the cab pulls up. Almost hits a guy. Yeah, he I wrote that. Over. To,
1: that's what he She's like, she hangs a bitch and almost runs a guy over. Like, for realsies. <laughs> You're
0: right. Shows up at uh, Sal's place, and Sal's yelling at Stoney. He's like, what took you so long? That my place could be ashes by now. Mm. Sal says to Stoney, he's like, are you sober? And, and Stoney goes, I'm like a rock, Sal. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I know what it means, but it's like kind of a stupid line yeah in a good way yeah trust us guys whenever we say something is like stupid or silly it's all in a good way like oh "Oh, i'm so glad they did do that
1: oh yeah almost to the point where like everything they do just makes the movie better if it's silly it just makes the movie fucking better
0: yeah as they're walking sal and uh, stoney are walking towards sal's warehouse and stoney says what's the guy's name sal and sal's like how should i know chuko paco groucho What are they picking on me for? They walk towards the warehouse and stony break and stony like sneaks into the warehouse and when he gets in there, you can hear the 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 bombing the bomber guy he's like overhead in this warehouse in like a in like a cherry picker thing that moves back and forth yeah. throughout the warehouse on a on a conveyor belt
1: yeah, it's like one of those internal cranes that are kind of like attached to the ceiling or something
0: yeah, yeah and he's screaming something in Spanish. Um and and then while he's screaming something in Spanish, he'll call he'll say stuff in English too and he's like, Come on, Sal, you chicken shit, you big fat son of a bitch, I'm gonna blow your shit to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so as this guy is ranting, this bomber, Stoney like throws something, like a rock or something to distract them, the sound, so he looks one way and Stoney climbs up the up into the rafters of the warehouse. And he eventually climbs on top of the, like, crane conveyor thingy and he hops on silently. He's very nimble bom-
1: with his cowboy boots, by the way. I'm
0: impressed. I yeah. mean, the guy can move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Wings is a big dude. The guy yes. looks like he's, like, six foot two or something. Yeah,
1: he does. He looks like a tall dude.
0: And while the bomber's screaming, Stoney, like, surprises him and jumps into the, into the booth with him and pulls a gun right on him. And so the guy, the bomber has his bomb strapped to his chest and he's ready to like push the ignition switch. The, the plunger, Stoney's he's got,
1: got one of those plunger things, yeah. A Japanese plunger. Which, yeah, it comes into play. You'll find out. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Stoney's got his forty five on him. And I, I will call out the fact that it's a forty five because he uses this same gun pretty much throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And it's that's, like his signature.
1: I love that gun, by the way. It's the, the Shadow's gun.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. That's our second Billy Zane shout out, for the night.
1: The wait, sh- and no, so wait, no, that was the Phantom. You, well, it's actually the same. Phantom used the same guns as, as the Shadow. So Phantom you, and you Shadow. You know what? what I'll say. You know what? That's the Phantom's gun. Now it's actually a Billy Zane reference.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I and I'll. Yeah. There you go. And not an Alan um, Baldwin reference. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: God. So, uh, Stoney says, "I'd say it looks like a Mexican standoff," and the guy goes, "I'm Puerto Rican, man," and this is real dynamite. And then Stoney goes, well, I'm French, German, and Italian, and this is a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the bomber asks why Stoney's looking at. Uh, the bomber's, like, looking at Stoney. He's like, what you looking at, man? And Stoney says, is that a Japanese plunger? And the bomber says, so what? Stoney says, well, we're in a lot of trouble. I've seen one of those go off in a hostage situation, accidentally blew some guy's butt to Brooklyn and his mind to Cuba. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the bomber goes, So what, man? And now he's looking kind of terrified at this point, like, oh shit. Because the guy does you can tell the guy doesn't want to blow himself up. No. Nah. Tony tries to convince him not to blow himself up. And the bomber reveals that Sal was doing his old lady. He was doing my old lady, man. <laughs> he's like, I got my pride. No. I'm going to blow this place up. And the bomber starts to like, you know, uh, starts the, the crow's nest at that point. I'll call it the crow's nest, uh, wasn't moving back and forth throughout the warehouse, but then he pushes start and starts moving, moving it again. And Stoney says, how about I blow you? How about I blow your balls off? And he shoots at the ground (laughs) in front of the bomber. And the bomber's like, and then, uh, the bomber's now scared. And Stoney says, dying is one thing, but pain is a whole other subject and stony puts the gun away
1: now real quick i'm i'm only cutting you off because this yeah. is where did you notice that when the crane moves it's like a different film stock um so everything looks processed before that the crane moves and that this whole exchange with him shooting the floor is a different film stock he stops the crane then it go cuts back to it cuts back to wings where he basically it's it's the it's a processed film stock and he kind of puts the gun gun away and i realize Shaw Factory must have put that this little I don't know, 20-second, 30-second little part back in because if you extract it, if you extract this little part here, it basically goes from the guy saying he was banging his wife to, to to Wingshauser putting the gun away. It actually makes Wingshauser seem a bit more sympathetic to the guy if you cut this little part out with him shooting the ground. Um, but this is the only part in the movie that I noticed that the film stock uh, changed like that. So we don't know because there's nothing on this Blu-ray to, to tell you about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if... This 30 second little part wasn't in the original, you know, cut, but it was always intended to be. And they did their shot factory thing and actually found it. But you can tell how it could have been edited together without the little movement part in between. And like I said, it does make wings seem a bit nicer, a bit sweeter because he doesn't shoot the ground like that. And that might be why they cut it out originally. Um, But they definitely put it back in for this Blu-ray. You can tell.
0: I actually feel like there's quite a few scenes in this movie where that happens. Okay. So I feel like yeah, like uh later on when he gets to LA and then gets jumped by the Ashley's two thugs, there's a scene that kinda looks like that. So I'm wondering if they if Shout Factory just pieced everything together. Yeah maybe this is quote unquote like a director's cut so to speak
1: yeah or or the process stuff was like the yeah the theatrical cut and this is technically the director's cut or something like that but yeah it's it's interesting i didn't know it wasn't as apparent for me later on but i definitely noticed the change in the in the film stock here Not well not film stock yeah. but the how it's processed the and quality yeah, yeah the quality yeah, for of sure. it, yeah
0: yeah yeah no it's important it's an important scene because um I wrote, Yeah, and, and at that after he puts his gun away he wipes his coke nose. Uh, cause he I'm like, Oh, what are, what are you wiping your nose for, Stoney?
2: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> uh but Stoney says, Look, I'm sorry about I'm sorry Sal's doing your wife, but he's paying me to take you out of here, whether you're breathing or not. And he makes a deal with the bomber. He's like, Look, I'll give you two thousand dollars if you walk out with me. And the bomber says, ten thousand. <laughs> and Stoney goes, four. And then the bomber goes seven. And then Stony pulls the gun on him again, and and then the bomber goes, okay, make it a flat five. Yeah. And Stony cocks the gun on him. He's like, okay, man, make it four. And
1: then, and then like Wings like, how much? How much? And he's like, oh, four, four. four, four. How much, motherfucker? And I was like, wow. So Wings just. Funny. Wings like, I need my money, motherfucker.
0: I love it. I love it. And the bomber finally takes his hand off the plunger. Stoney's like looking all crazy. He's like hell of a way to start your morning. (laughs) And he goes, what's your name, man? And the guy goes, Antonio. And they make their way out. And as they're making their way out, like there's a crowd already out outside of Sal's and they're cheering for this guy. And the guy has his fist up in the air. Like he just got freed from Attica or something. And, uh, Stoney's walking out with Antonio up to Sal. Sal gives Stoney the money. Then he gives the two, the four grand I'm assuming to, uh, to Antonio and he says quesadilla amigo <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like
1: what's <laughs> well, well you notice like Antonio comes like strutting out too like yeah, and everything yeah that's like, what I'm saying yeah it's
0: like his fist in the air like Attica <laughs> like I'm the man yeah,
1: you know see what I did man <laughs> but it's it's great and then Sal's like oh you're supposed to you know deliver him or something like that and he's like you said deliver him but not like diffuse him or something yeah because he's
0: like he's still wired yeah. you know and <laughs> and he's like yeah I, I, you told me you paid me to get him out, not to fuse him. I'm on a plane.
1: Yeah, and then he fucking gets in <laughs> Estelle Getty's cab. Although she's not there anymore, you know, like you don't see the actress Estelle Getty. Um but I will say this, dude. With, with so you know, I, I settled in for my first viewing of this movie, smoking my bowl, having a good time because I always do my first viewings, my funsies viewing, and already we're only 10 minutes in, into 10 the minutes movie. In, yeah, a great kill at the beginning, throwing the girl out of the window, fucking uh, seeing Ned Eisenberg for one second, uh, seeing Estelle Getty, and then to top it all off, this whole scene with, with uh, Antonio. This is where I realized all the secondary actors in this movie are outstanding. The guy yeah. who plays Antonio He's great. is great. Like He He's has great. so much emotion on his face. Guys and gals, this is a late night fucking Cinemax action movie, and everybody in this movie, including Wingshauser, is giving it their own. All and I was like, dude, I was literally like, you know, I so saw after the scene, I just smoke a bowl and I just sit up because I'm like, okay, this movie's something that I'm supposed to be like really be paying attention to here because people are putting in some work and it's it's coming off the screen and I love it and right away I knew this movie was was special and it was different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, we we want to spotlight these lesser known movies by a guy who forgot forgotten about as well so let's praise the shit out of the whole thing fuck yeah worth it
1: hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages
0: hey everybody i'm tim
3: and i'm dean and we're the hosts of talking back we're a retro-based podcast covering movies comics video games and more Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in
0: your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are
2: found.
3: Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past.
0: From there, you cut to a generic, well, it's like trans Transamerica uh, plane landing in Los Angeles. And you cut to the arrival terminal, which up until maybe 10 years ago, pretty much looked the same in LA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Sam, who we don't know who Sam is yet, but it's Sam walking down the terminal towards the, the escalator. And as he's walking up the stairs next to the escalator, Stoney's coming down and they meet each other there. And Sam asks how the flight was and Stony goes, Oh, terrifying. Because remember, he hates planes. Yeah. Right? Uh and so they get down, they give each other kind of a hug. And it's I love this moment because uh Stoney's like, How how you doing? Because again, Sam is the guy who lost whose granddaughter was killed, Beverly. That's her name. And he's like, I'm I'm doing okay. And he's like, How you doing? You know, and then and he's like, I'm keeping it together, and you can see Sam starting to get like really emotional. And it's a really sweet moment because you know these guys love each other; they've been buddies probably for a long time. And Stony's going to kick some ass to figure out who the fuck did this.
1: Yeah, and this this little scene comes right after I realize that this movie is something special, and then it just Sam is the nail in the in the good coffin because I was just like, there's so much emotion at play in this little scene, and it's not overly done it's done the most perfect amount of emotion you know it's 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 guys emotion you know and but wings is like you know stoney's like you know are you okay he's like yeah it seems like i'm fine he's like no but are you okay and seems like uh, you know it's it's good it's better than it has any right to be and i'm just gonna sing sam's praises now but just know that he's fantastic throughout the entire movie and it's just it's there's so much Wings is fun and zany, but all the characters around him and, and Sam, there's a lot of like that's where the emotional anchors are for this for this movie and and it's and it's very real emotion. It's not like like movie big emotions. it's it's like subtle real emotion because Sam's not crying, but he's he's definitely you can tell he's about to and that's that ain't hard that ain't easy to do, you know so it's I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna jerk him off for the rest of the movie, but Sam's my favorite fucking character in the entire film.
0: Wow. That's a bold thing to say. He's awesome. Well, well, again, you know, when you've got quality actors in a B-level movie, uh, it really elevates the film itself. So that actor, again, Al Ruscio, uh, great actor. And his character got me thinking of, you know, oftentimes in action movies, if it's you know if they're buddies if it's if it's a buddy cop movie or a buddy action movie, it's two guys playing off each other and they're equals tango and cash, lethal weapon, et cetera et cetera. But when there's a supporting buddy like a side character in a one man kind of movie, uh that side character often stands out or should stand out a good one stands out. I started, as I'm watching this, I'm like, it would be cool to do another uh, watch list, but I haven't done a watch list in a while. Maybe like a top five underrated buddies. Not like, again, yeah. Tango and Cash, Lethal Weapon, you know, where they're equals, but somebody lesser. You know, I was thinking of Robert Romanison, The Resurrected. He makes that movie, in my opinion, he elevates that movie because of his little side character. It's a small character, like that small character that makes the movie that much better better right versus like billy cole in fright night exactly yeah so the buddy the sidekick the like the side sidekick yeah not again yeah. you know uh thinking like i was thinking of la confidential and russell crowe and guy pierce they're equal they're more equal right? yeah
1: yeah no i, I, yeah. I guess you're saying here yeah the the sam the sam to the to the wings hauser you know yeah, yeah i'm, so I'm with you go. that's that that would be a fun watch list i would definitely do that one with you buddy
0: as they're walking to out of the terminal they pass a, a, a cop and the cop radios on his uh, little walkie that uh, he radios for Captain Huxley because, you know, some shit's going to go down. Sam and Stoney are in Sam's car and they're talking about Sam's granddaughter. And Sam says, you know, 16 people this creep kills. And Stoney asks, you know, what's the LAPD got so far? And Sam says nothing. They got nothing. This freak kills anything. Men, women, kids, old ladies, dogs, garbage bags. I'm adding the last two. <laughs> he but it's it's funny. I'm like, keep going, please. Keep yeah. going. You know? <laughs> I would have loved it if it just like got totally politically incorrect. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say, but you guys all know yeah, yeah. where they could have gone with this. Yeah, of course, so, of uh, and then Sam says, the reward is $250,000. A quarter of a million dollars, right? And Sam says, Beverly was the best. Ever since Stoney left, she was the reason he kept himself straight, Sam, right? Yeah. Because he's an ex-con, spoiler alert. Uh, Right after that, suddenly a cop zooms down the road in front of them as they're driving down what is, like, basically the PCH uh, is right next to the, is Highway 1 is right next to LAX, and they're driving down that, and they get pulled over by the cops. This dude gets out of the cop car. It's Lopez.
1: Oh Lopez. And
0: I love this because uh Stony goes, "Welcome to LA," right? <laughs> like you know what's gets happening. Out. Yeah. Uh Stony gets out and and he turns uh Stony against the car, starts frisking him. Again, Stony goes, "How you doing, Lopez?" That's number 2. <laughs> and Lopez uh pulls the 45 out of Stony's pants and he's like, "You got a war- you got a uh, license for this?" He's like, "Of course I do." Sure. And then Stan- Sam starts to get out of the car and Lopez yells lockpick
3: who told you to get out
1: <laughs> yeah and you know it's funny the first time i watch it i didn't quite pick up on things like that but you know a second viewing you're like oh okay because he's the lockpick guy and that's why he's calling him lockpick yada yada yada. Uh, i like how i love movies like this where you're coming in like you know with so much history And they're not explaining the history, but you have to sort of pick it up as you go along. And they're not going to explain it to you. But yeah, I dig that. I love how he just calls him Lockpick.
0: Yeah. And then he's, and then Lopez says, You still hanging out with old cons? Which is, you know, again. And you go, Oh, okay. I'm putting two and two together. So from there, Lopez takes Stoney over to his car. And who's in the car? But Captain Hoxley. But Stoney goes, Lieutenant Hoxley, right? Hoxley goes, captain hoxley he goes oh congratulations essentially
1: yeah i'm very proud uh, he's like i'm very happy for you but yeah hoxley does (laughs) not give a shit about what he does not
0: give a shit and he's like why are you back here and stony's like i'm here on a condolence call and then hoxley goes well the day i took your badge was the last time i wanted to see your face He goes, we do things strictly by procedure the day uh, and then and then stony goes the day you took my badge was the day i stopped playing your system
1: like, oh,
0: and I'm like, which system?
1: Yeah, and now we get an idea of what the backstory is, but we never know it completely, which I like. Again, that's something I think is great.
0: True. Yeah, Hoxley says, you know, do not get involved in this investigation, but he lets him go. Stony goes back to the car. Captain Hoxley alerts all cops that Stony. I tracked this. That he said Stony Jackson is back in town.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back because there was a couple times where I'm like, I think they got the some of the dialogue wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Again, with, with the, with the subtitles and thank God there is, there is yes. a few times where I'm like, uh, I don't think he really said that. But anyways, uh, the cops drive off and Hoxley says he's after the ex murderer. He's after the ex murderer reward. Stay on him.
1: And that's when I was like, Oh, is he, is he a bounty hunter now? But I, uh, yeah, it's, he's not technically a bounty hunter, but yeah, he's
0: sort technically of technically not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, you know what I thought of the movie wanted dead or alive? With uh, Rucker Howard, which yeah. is based on the TV, and I think Robert Guillaume is like his buddy, you know. Yeah, and a uh, Benson, right? And um, he's like not his equal; he's his buddy yeah. in the movie. That's another good one too.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I've, I've, I saw that movie when I was a kid. I, I remember the the poster. I remember the cover for that too.
0: Gene Simmons is the is a like Iranian terrorist. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons had a had a run for a bit.
0: He did. Uh, Never too young to die. Runaway, and um, but, uh, Wanted Dead or Alive.
1: Yeah, Runaway, yeah. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah, yeah. love Runaway. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Oh,
0: God damn, it's a good one. Okay, anyways, uh, Stoney tells Sam to take him to Spring Street. Sam says, I thought you were bunking with me. And then Sam says, Eddie says, she don't want you no more. And then Sam Sam's like, you should call her. And Stoney says, I'm not calling my own wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sam goes... That was your problem from the beginning, Stoney. If you got a good woman, you got to treat her like a queen. (laughs) And as they're driving, this is all like dialogue in the car as they're driving to downtown L.A. He's like, you got to treat her like a queen, right? And he goes, like my wife, Harriet, rest in peace. Women want a life of their own, Stoney, and, <laughs> and Stoney, Stoney goes, says, well, "So do men." So do
1: men. <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, guy! Men you have dick, had the- man. men have had their run for so long. Let your wife have have her life, God damn it."
0: I-, I think they like should do this movie again and keep the original dialogue, you know, a la Psycho, even though that movie was not good. But but like the the dialogue is so dated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like especially later, where he tells him he's gonna break her arm if she doesn't come over here. I was well, like, I was like, "That's there's... problematic." We'll talk about that when we get there.
0: There's so many great, yeah, problematic. You know, what does he say later? He's like, "Either help me or leave." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's yeah. Some We're of the dialogue there. is that's at the end. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a problematic and of its time. <laughs> yes.
0: So from there, uh, you cut to Stony. Uh, getting dropped off at this big, like, high-rise uh, warehouse loft building.
1: Yeah, so so I got to cut cut in. Uh, first off, sh- you know, he said uh, she lives on Spring Street. And I think this was also Stoney's place back in the day as well. So, f- as you all know... Well, they know, were married,
0: yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were
1: married. And as you all know, um, I used to live on 6th and Spring, uh, which is right in downtown L.A. And uh, this didn't quite look familiar to me, but it could have been further down uh, Spring Street or something. Um, but... The- the like that loft place that 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 she lives is exactly like the studio like if you just took out the walls and everything it's exactly how the studio looked that i worked at in downtown la and that was on hill in washington right across the street from the uh the courthouse in downtown L.A. But all those places down there, and, you know, I used to live down there, I used to go party at people's houses and stuff, or their their condos, their offs, and everything. And all the architecture down there looks like that with those vaulted ceilings and, you know, you can see the sprinklers up there. But it's cool when people actually turn them into living spaces. They have a very unique look. It's a very... Unique downtown LA look. I, I love seeing these 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 downtown LA apartments. You know, I think they're amazing. But this one was probably the one that looks the most like the studio I used to work in.
0: That's yep. Yeah, so for everybody, you know, who's going to go on the Corey Stevenson tour yeah.
1: later this year, as you're.
0: Corey used to live there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you live if you live in downtown and you're if you're ever in it, uh, on sixth and spring I lived in Premier Towers. Um and then yeah, go down uh on, on Washington and Hill, like right on the corner of Washington and Hill. If if the courthouse is behind you, we were in the building to the right, right across the street from the McDonalds. Nice. Nice. There you and go.
0: McDonald's was a thing.
1: Yeah. So. That, that that's da, da, the McDonald's. Da, da, da. That's the McDonald's that I saw a homeless lady uh, like at four in the morning, like take a crap under <laughs> under the light post. Oh, like just on the street under the, the lit light post. Not in the dark in broad light. I was like, huh. And that's also when I lived in the studio too, because I was homeless for a bit. Guys and gals, living trying to make it in LA ain't easy at all.
0: I think that this uh was probably Similar the, Maybe the same building they filmed uh, Vice Squad mm-hmm. in, like the finale of Vice yeah. Squad, and um, also potentially Savage Streets. Oh, yeah. A lot of movies probably were filmed down there. But uh, And I think uh, Trancers, for sure, like you were saying earlier. But um, I also, you know, the, the unfortunate thing that there's not a whole lot of info. Even if you go to Wikipedia, there's nothing on this movie. So yeah. we're going to just kind of world build on our own. Yeah. Backstory stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah, but it's it's a fucking amazing loft, by the way.
0: It's a great loft, and, and Stoney just drops in. You know, he's got a key. It's his his place that he shared with his wife, I guess. He he goes in the place, and there's a dude sitting. Uh, the dude from Me- Lopez from Megaforce is sitting at the table <laughs> and talking to Eddie, who's making breakfast, and the guy's uh, drinking a Diet Coke for breakfast, which I thought was kind of funny. They're just having small talk. Stoney sneaks in. And he starts playing this piano by the by Diego, uh, and scares him. And Eddie thinks it's Diego playing because she's in the kitchen. She's like, "Please don't do that," or something like something to that effect. It,
1: it reminds me of my husband. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then she starts walking out, and she gets surprised by Stony as well. And Stony goes, "You kept the Bossendorfer. That's great, Ed." <laughs> and then. At the, so fucking funny because I'm like Bosendorfer, Bossendorfer. It feels like a Fletch line. That's another thing too. This, <laughs> this like is like a hard nosed version of Fletch yeah. to me in some ways. Yeah. I can um, see it. I can see that. I, it'll be a great double feature: Fletch and Deadly Force. Uh Diego at this point is feels awkward. He wants to leave, and Ed tells Diego to stay. And Stoney calls Stoney calls him Dayglow. Yeah is that racist is
1: that a racist thing to say is he being racist right there
0: i think it's maybe he's meant to be like a put down but uh i don't know if it's racist yeah (laughs) but it's but it's not a yeah i think it's a put down okay and stoney introduces himself as eddie's husband and eddie goes not anymore and diego's like i'm gonna go i'll i'll talk to you later edwina and like oh edwina okay and you realize that he's a cameraman at the TV station that, and Eddie's, you know, the the news reporter there.
1: Yeah. At first, I thought it was like he, he was her boyfriend or something, but yeah, he's not.
0: And it's great they they set it up that way. Yeah. And it's clearly it's clearly not. Part of me was like, and this is like, you know, neither here nor there. I'm like, oh, I think Diego's like her gay friend. You know? Okay. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Like right. they're buddies, right? Yeah. They're um, work buddies,
1: but they're also yeah, probably regular buddies too.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And so he leaves. Ed wants Stony to leave, but he doesn't. And they have small talk. And he's like, you know, you look great, Ed. You lose weight?
1: <laughs> God. That's such an asshole thing to say.
0: And she's like, why don't you sign the divorce papers? And he doesn't. And he responds with, so, uh, hi. How are you? How are you doing?
3: <laughs> like,
0: fuck off, dude. <laughs> You're an asshole. And she tells him that she's been reporting, or she's been, uh, promoted, And she's now a reporter and she asks like why he's here. And he goes, I came here to see how he goes. I came here to see how my old enemies are
1: doing. So how are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Number three. What in like, but no, but it was more like, I love that. He was like, I'm here to see how my old enemies are doing. And then like, there's that beat pause. And then he's like, so how are you doing? Like meaning her? Like that was, I I was like, I kind of liked that little bit of a jab right there.
0: Yeah. And she's like, I'm not your enemy. Anyway, you came back for the ex murderers.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's so not fun. This the ex murderers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I thought.
2: <laughs>
0: so, uh, so Ed kn- Eddie knows that Sam's granddaughter was one of the ones that's been murdered. And um, I like how
1: she's like, I tried to call him, like because she knows Sam too. And, and later on, you get the sense that you know she's she knows Sam probably as well as you know uh, uh, Stoney does.
0: Yeah, yeah. And she's like, look, it's been 18 months since I've seen you. Uh, I I like my life. You just can't walk in and take over. And, you you know, you're not super cop anymore. And uh, she's like, I can't go another 10 rounds, Stoney. Stoney's just totally dismissing everything she's saying. He's like, oh, you fixed the place up. And uh, she she wants him to go. And then he notices like a blackboard uh, on one side of the loft with, like a, a bulletin board next to it with all the victims, pictures of the victims, photos, etc. And then he's like, you he got any leads? And, and she's like, oh, no, it's all random. It's so funny because she's like one minute wanting to kick him the hell out. But he just keeps pushing. He just keeps like, you know, trying to get her to like kind of skirt over the fact that he just showed up out of nowhere. And she's like, it's all random. Knives, ice picks, strangulation masturbation no I had that last part and uh, and Ed doesn't you know she's like she doesn't want to help Stoney at all and Stoney's like you know this is for Sam not for me so Stoney leaves after that he's leaving the lofts and he goes to get in a car with Sam uh, but as he's walking towards the car, he gets jumped from behind by two thugs. Two thugs pull up from behind him in like a sedan or whatever.
1: And it's awesome because in the pass for this the passenger yeah. seat, like uh, or the passenger side, the thug opens like while the car's moving, opens the door and like takes out Wings's legs. So like he falls really down. hard. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! And again, it's definitely Wings Hauser that's going down, you know?
0: Yeah, Wings goes down hard, and it's legit. And the dude starts beating the shit out of him, right? This big dude. And then Sam runs out, sees what's happening, gets out of the car with like a tire iron to run over and help him. But the dude pulls Stoney's gun and points it at Sam. So Sam just stands there.
1: But I like how Sam was ready to go to his aid, though.
0: Yeah, he's got his back. He's yeah, got his back, okay, but I don't blame him either. It's like, he got a gun. He's going to kill you, right?
1: Yeah, of course. No, I mean, I don't blame Sam for, for stopping with the gun in his face, but i am it's cool that he that he was going to go help, you know? Yeah.
0: And then this guy who's got like 30 seconds of a scene is really funny. So the dude who just beat the shit out of Stoney slams Stoney into the window of the car. The window's down. And so he's looking at the driver, and the driver's like, Mr. Ashley would like you to be a nice guy. Get on a nice airplane and go back to the nice big apple. <laughs> and then the dude slams pulls Stoney out of the car, slams him against a wall, and points the gun at Sam, and then he takes out the clip from the gun, and he throws the clip and the gun in a trash bin that's right next to them. And the dude that that beat up Stoney and the driver, they get in they take off and leave. Sam checks on Stoney, he's like he goes you want to throw up and stoney goes yeah no where's my gun
1: <laughs> no but i like that i like how like he's doubled over because he got punched in the gut and you know I, I like how sam's like you want to throw up and he's like yeah you know he's like he's about to but he kind of yeah, gains I his composure it. he's like no no i'm fine you know um, so funny but it's, it, it's a cool little piece of dialogue that didn't have to be in there
0: yeah and and there's like you know small little moments that could have been cut but they don't like yeah. sam goes and gets the gun out of the dumpster for him which yeah is, and they're the you know, and, you know,
1: and the great thing is these small moments are so very human you know yeah. like like he's not our indestructible hero like he got punched in the stomach he's he might throw up like i actually kind of wish that he did like that would have been fucking cool to be honest i i think Back in 83, that probably would have been a bit too much for us to sort of, like, for audiences to take with, like, an action hero. But I think nowadays that would have been something that would have been different and, and more realistic to actually see him throw up after that exchange.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, uh, because, you know, Sam Sam's like, what was that all about? You know, who are those guys? And and Stoney's like, there is a, there's a slight difference of opinion between me and their boss. I'll take care of it. And then Q, like that rad music and then from there it's it cut to the nighttime and stony and sam arrive at some dude's house sam's like you want me to go with you you want me to pick a lock and and stony goes no you stay in the you go park the car and wait for me it'll take about 10 minutes and he sneaks into this house hops the fence like you were saying earlier hops this big wrought iron fence right with,
1: with his cowboy boots on
0: Every time I see these these fences, I'm like, is that OJ's house? On, in Brentwood <laughs> or some, I don't know why. This house kinda reminds me of it actually. And uh hops in, starts sneaking around this house, and he's like in the backyard, uh, like a Japanese kind of garden, and the dude that beat him up earlier is spots Stoney. Stoney pulls his gun on him and tells him to get back, and the guy like kind of freezes. And another dude comes up from behind to take down Stony. Stony beats the shit out of that guy. Yeah, he does. And then <laughs> goes over to the guy who beat him up earlier and proceeds to kick the shit out of that guy too. Yeah. And to the point where the guy is actually whining. He's like, ah,
2: ah. Uh,
1: well, well, and and the That's thing great. is, the one thing I love though is the way the way Wings fights in this movie <laughs> is <laughs> the. William Shatner School <laughs> of Fighting. Sadly, we don't get the the double hammer fist. But what we get in this fight scene is when he throws the guy down, he does the back fist to the to the butt, like to the lower back. I mean, it's a yeah. lot of. Wings flailing his arms about and, and and very clearly like missing his stomps and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you know, but I, I think that's but I, I just think that it's more of a sign of the times. And I think nowadays, you know, we're just so used to such a high caliber of stunt action, like some John Wick shit. You know what I mean? That like this this old way of Hollywood fighting is long gone, but. I very much enjoy seeing it in this movie.
0: I I do too. And what I love about it is that it's almost like the director was like, look, Stoney is invincible when he has the upper hand, right? No one can beat Stoney when he has the upper hand. And because when he does have the upper hand, he decimates everybody that he fights, like yeah. destroys them. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fucking funny because you're like, holy shit, this, this guy's like a one-man murdering machine. Man. Could be. <laughs> so, he, so this is interesting, and I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this. So Stoney, after he kicks the shit out of these guys, he hops up on the roof of this multiple-story uh, build house. I'm assuming it's like a two-story, right? Uh, Well— I'm assuming it's three based on what happens in just a moment. He gets up on the roof of the of the first story and walks in a little window, sneaks in with his gun drawn. He's got his d- gun drawn. He walks in through, like, the laundry room, and suddenly he's in a kitchen,
2: yeah.
1: which is
0: on the second floor. I, I'm thinking, I, I think that was supposed to be on the first floor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe just the... The the layout was a little bit wonky. I tracked it that he was on the first floor, but I know what you mean. He does hop up something.
0: He goes up on the roof. Yeah, yeah. And hops through a window. It's a rich house. There's
1: different levels. I don't know. But like, is this a mother-in-law quarters? But that's true. That's actually that's actually might be an idea because he does bump into somebody.
0: Yeah. So he he's got his (laughs) gun drawn and he's like you know stalking in the house, sneaking in, and there's a little old lady. Sitting in this kitchen like a little breakfast nook, and he walks by her and he points the gun at her, and then he realizes that it's a little old lady, so he pulls the gun up without even flinching. Well, he pulls like, it up oh. like as
1: in sort of like hides it. He he doesn't yeah. like aim it at her. He kind of like moves it sort of behind the wall ish or the doorway ish for a minute, and then once she starts rambling, he says "fuck it" and pulls it out. But <laughs> yeah,
0: because you know. I think she sees the gun. And but she doesn't flinch. And she's like, oh, hello, young man. <laughs> Are you you must for be my looking son? for my boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's upstairs. First door on your right. And I'm like, is this the fucking kitchen? And uh, okay, I'm like, whatever. And she goes, but I'm not sure he's alone. But I guess it's all right. I'm alone a great deal. When we lived in Albuquerque, I wasn't always alone. And And, he wins his.
1: Stony's just like, at this point, because at first he's like listening, then he's like, you can tell he's like, oh, oh, she's senile. Okay, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm not even going to give her any more thought.
0: Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. It's (laughs) so funny because the expression on his face is like, oh, God, I can just fuck it. I'm here for business. Yeah. Yeah, so he walks off. Cut to a uh, porno. Yeah, mm-hmm. a yeah. porno. Uh, two two chicks.
3: Two oh. chicks. Oh.
0: <laughs> and there is a very large-breasted woman <laughs> yes. um, laying in bed <laughs> with a uh, <laughs> undergarment that is clearly not big enough to hold her bosoms. Her bosoms. She. They that are woman enormous. has.
1: That woman has bosoms. <laughs> they are huge. Um.
0: Yeah. So she's watching the porno with while eating popcorn. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: yeah. All of this and, tracks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stony comes into the bedroom, uh, and and kind of kneels down next to her, and she goes, "Oh, are you are you a friend of Ashley's?"
1: Well, well, he, hold on. He kneels next to her, but he kind of puts the gun sort of interface, but not he's not She's. he's not aiming it at her yeah. it's like but he's aiming it as at Ashley next to her so she sees it but I mean she is not at all shocked or surprised
0: no and and he and she goes oh friend of Ashley's and he goes intimately <laughs> she goes you want me to wake him sugar and so Ashley's asleep next to her this who we're about to introduce be introduced to the guy from Heartbreak Ridge by the way and uh, she tries to wake him, and he like barks at her. He's like, "God damn it, leave me alone! Watch your friggin' movie!" <laughs> <And> Jesus, <laughs> the, the way women get treated in this is not very kindly. No. And then so Stoney comes around to the other side of the bed where Ashley's laying, and he points the gun at Ashley, and he whispers, he like makes a kissing sound, like, and he goes, "Pussy, honey." <laughs> mm-hmm. Pussy honey. And then Ashley opens his eyes and doesn't flinch. No, no Ashley, Ashley just Ashley's looks at him fucking there. diesel.
1: He doesn't give any fucks about Stony's gun in his face
0: BDE and he just simply looks at Stony and goes, "You're dead. Don't bother me." And he closes his eyes.
1: <laughs> he's about to go back to sleep <laughs>
0: And Stony says, "I got a favor to ask of you and and they start going back and forth and Stony's like, "Look, I want you out of my face." For three weeks. Ashley's now pissed and like he's coming to his senses and he starts rambling about, you know, I spent 20 months on what you call a bust. So feel like maybe he was allegedly set up by Stony, perhaps. Um, and Stoney's like, I heard some I love this dialogue because it's kind of like it's kind of like juicy. Uh, he goes, I need some I, I need some noise on this ex killer. I get the killer and we split the reward. And, the, and, the, and then suddenly you cut to the chick and she's like shushing them. She's like, shh, I'm trying to watch my movie. She doesn't say that, but you get that sense. And Ashley's like, every cop is looking for him. And he says, Hoxley's going to run for mayor on this bust. You get in his way, he'll bury you dick deep in elephant shit. I
1: love that line.
0: I love that. And Stoney's like, I'll deliver. And Ashley says, I'll give you two weeks. And then Stony like tucks him into bed and he goes, Nighty night. <laughs>
1: and he's like actually like fuck off, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then he this is great. Stoney walks to the other side of the bed and like right before he leaves, he turns around and he starts watching the porno.
1: Yeah, and he goes, he goes, Oh, he ta- well, no, gay. hold on. He he, oh. ta-
0: he takes some he takes some popcorn first.
1: Yeah, he from takes the some- bowl. <laughs>
0: he starts eating the popcorn. And then what does he say? And
1: he looks at the like looks at the two women who've been making out this entire time. He goes, Oh they're gay. <laughs> she's yeah. like, okay. And then, she's and then like, she
0: goes, whatever turns you on, whatever baby. Whatever
1: turns you on, baby, you know? <laughs> and then
0: Stoney goes, right. Good night. <laughs> and...
1: You know it's funny. I swear I don't think it's in it. but I don't know, but I swear to God, my first viewing, uh, uh, Ashley said goodnight back to him or something. I don't know, but like it, fu- it's I love this whole exchange. I love that Ashley goes back to sleep. He doesn't give any fucks whatsoever. Well, he rolls onto, onto uh, the memories of on the woman. Yeah, he does. After after Wings leaves, he fucking nuzzles up against those those pillows. But uh, he he was awesome again. Another character who's not in it very much he'll be in it a little bit more later um but still another character who's amazing in like the two three minutes that they're actually in the movie and i like the setup here i like the setup how he you know wing you know uh, stoney just isn't coming into into the house to like kill him or anything he's like look fucking just lay off me for two for two or three weeks and we'll split the reward money together you know like that's a pretty good deal for for ashley
0: Yeah, I get the sense that, you know, Stoney was one of those cops who's like, I'll get the job done at any cost. He dealt with shady people, bribing people, probably, you know, trying to get info on stuff. So Ashley and him go way back. Ashley's pissed that he had to go to prison for something that Stoney busted him on and wants revenge, you know, and Stoney's like, look, I'll pay you, I'll pay you, I'll pay you off and we'll make a deal out of it. We'll yeah. be friends again. Yeah. So it makes sense, totally tracks.
1: And, and it tracks too cuz like that's how he resolved the the bomb situation earlier was he paying yeah. pay somebody. Here he just he's just paying people to get out of his way. I like that. I thought that was a very it's a very practical solution.
0: It is. It's great. It's great. So from here, Stony's now back with Sam and Sam, he tells Sam uh they're, they're they're driving uh in 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 LA and like Hollywood area and Sam uh he tells Sam that he's he he's got to find out whatever he can on these victims who's banging who who's important junkies we we need we need a lot of cocks Sam
2: <laughs> like
0: what the fuck and he's like promise him anything promise him money deals bribe them, whatever
1: and then cue the montage.
0: The first of like two or three montages in this movie. Yeah, yeah. cue the montage of Sam and Stoney trying to get info on people. It's hilarious.
1: And, and you know as well as I do, this was definitely shot in L.A. winter because it's rainy and windy in one of the shots and everything. I was like, ah, oh, L.A. winter. So, <laughs> so I, I, do, I always loved uh, January and February in L.A. because it's like fall everywhere else, you know, but it's rainy and cold, and I like that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a yeah, you can clearly tell because Stony looks cold as fuck. Yeah. He looks super <laughs> and then, you know the the steam coming out of his mouth or whatever. But there's a really funny moment when Sam is on a payphone trying to get answers from people and Stony's on a payphone trying to get answers from people and there's a phone that separates the two of them, but they're talking so loud. <laughs> they're clearly talking over each other yeah. and you can barely hear what the two of them are saying cuz yeah. they're talking at the exact same time. It's hilarious cuz I'm sure the people on the other on- I'm sure there's nobody on the other end. But if there was, they'd probably be like, huh? What? Huh?
2: What's huh? happening? <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
0: Who's talking right now? <laughs> so they've been doing this all night. St- St- uh, Sam is tired. Stoney's like, I want to make one more stop. And they, they drive off. It's now daytime or like early morning. Cut to a uh, Hispanic woman walking uh, down a staircase outside like to a bus stop uh, on a on a busy street. And she misses a bus that drives by, and she goes to the bus bench, and she sits down on it next to a dude who's sitting there. The dude slumps over, falls into the street, and he's got a slash on his throat and an X on his head, and the woman screams a hilarious
1: scream. And that's when Corey figured out they were saying, oh, the X murderer the entire time. Of course— the second time I watched it, I watched it with subtitles and I, I caught everything. But the first time, this is when I figured out that they were saying X and not X.
0: Yes. This is also the point in the movie where I'm like, oh, uh, Stoney saying he wants to make one more stop really doesn't track because, or they never really follow up on that because what happens next, Stoney will be in this next scene in just a moment. And this says, I'm sure he did not predict that that woman was going to find a, a body from the X killer. Um, because right after that, Ed and uh, Diego are at the scene, the crime scene now, by the bus stop. or talking to the woman who witnessed the, uh, the, the, the dead body. Cops show up, and this is hilarious, because Stoney is in the middle of the crime scene looking at the body. <laughs> and Hoxley, like, pulls him away, super pissed off. And, and Hoxley just yells at him. He's like, don't touch, don't look. And they just—he continues to like berate him, and he just tells uh, Stoney to move out, you know, just get out of here. And Stoney starts walking away. He looks like he's had a little bit to drink that night, the <laughs> night before. And then Stoney walks up to Ed, while she's interview trying to interview this woman who witnessed the the dead body, and he whispers in her ear. He goes, "Hi," <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "I'm working right now," and she wants to interview the woman. And then Stoney sees Diego, and he goes, hey, Diego, how you doing? And, and then Diego goes, fine. And then Stoney goes, great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he D- doesn't,
0: he D- doesn't care. No.
1: And Diego does not care for Stoney either. No, I
0: love it. It's so fucking funny. And then Stoney's walking away from the crime scene, and he spots a dude. And he grabs the dude at the crime scene by the hair.
3: By the little afro.
1: Fucking hair. I felt bad for that actor because it almost seemed like they didn't rehearse that. Like he was gonna grab him by his collar, but he grabbed him by the hair. Like
0: super violently. Yeah. Then the dude is like, What the fuck, man? And then and then uh, and he goes, Oh, Stoney. And Stoney goes, Jesus, how you doing? (laughs) And he goes, Once a picker, always a picker. And Jesus pulls out a wallet like he just took it from some dude.
1: Because he did. He was he was picking their pockets at while they were all watching the crime scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Stoney's like, hey, I want info on this dead guy. And Jesus is like, look, man, the dead guy was dumped here in the in the barrio. And Stoney says, you know, I want you to Jesus. He's like, I want you to find out some some info on him for me. Cut back to another montage. <laughs> And I love this. It's they're now at the Santa Monica Pier at the boardwalk.
1: Yeah, and it, and it reminds me of One Dark Night because uh, uh, totally, when were, yeah, when they were there, because it, it has the same overcast and everything. And I, I guarantee you, they probably shot it at the same time of year and everything. But it totally looks like One Dark Night.
0: And it also made me like so nostalgic too, because I live super super close to the uh, the pier, yeah. and, and and Corey and I both have been there multiple times and it doesn't look anything like it does now. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it is what it's like that was 1983. It's yeah. <laughs> 40 years later practically. <laughs> um so this is a great montage though because Sam's talking to a fisherman to get some info and then you cut to the arcade which is still there and there's a dude playing a video game called Thief and uh which is funny cuz you get the sense like Stoney's, there's Goes up to the dude, and maybe the dude was a thief at one point. Stony walks up to the guy while he's playing the video game, and just starts pushing the buttons of so the guy's game. <laughs>
1: this guy's guy is fucked up. <laughs> fuck
0: up the game, and then he yanks the guy away from the game. He's like, "Come on, Jerry!" And the camera pans over to uh, marionettes doing like a puppet yeah. show. Yeah, a little it's weird. Really weird. Yeah, weird. Then you cut to Stony at at an ice cream shop. I'm cl- I'm sure this was like Wing saying the director trying to figure out what scene they were going to do next. And Wings like, I feel like ice cream. Let's go shoot an ice cream shop. It was Wings is eating ice cream with a cop. And the cop's like, look, man, you know, I don't want to get involved. Hoxley will have my ass or something like that. They're just having this back and forth banter,
1: which, which I like. It, it's, it, it's it, great. You get nothing from it, but the dialogue, but that's, That's awesome. Like you can tell like he knows this beat cop and, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's cool. This little scene is awesome because it doesn't go anywhere. But you do get the sense that Stoney knows the guy.
0: Yeah, you don't need you don't need a lot of dialogue in this. You, You do know that they're just they're on the hunt to get info. Exactly. It's just funny exactly. that it got interrupted by the woman witnessing the murder. Right. You feel like this, this montage should have kept going from earlier when they were on the pay phone. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought, it, yeah, it's weird that it didn't just keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it doesn't, yeah, it's just editing, whatever. Um, but this is funny because <laughs> you, you cut from the, the ice cream shop to Stoney and Sam walking past a shoe store, and then you cut to see the ex-killer. The ex murderer walking out of a uh, women's bathroom and cleaning off a knife and you you pan over to the bathroom and there is a woman murdered in the bathroom with an yeah. X on her head. Yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, this is part of the montage. Cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> OK, it's not a fun montage. <laughs> And then you also get a part, a shot where uh, Stony and Sam are walking into like a, a shoe store or near a shoe store. And yeah, there's a yeah. lady and her kid right next to the door. And she's clearly not an extra or something because she looks at them and then just immediately looks right into the camera lens. <laughs> it's
0: hilarious. Yeah. And then you cut to like Stoney coming out or going into a club called the Plantation Club. And then Plantation Club. Uh, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah and then he's walking out of a nudie bar and yeah. you're like, Oh, this is wings. Like I want to go to a nudie bar. Come and, on. And I'm, it Wing almost looks like the, the same
1: one is, uh, outside at least, uh, as vice squad.
0: Yeah, it probably is.
1: It probably is. Yeah.
0: Cause this is only a couple of years after vice squad, right? Vice squad was like 81. I
1: think. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a few, yeah, a couple of years after.
0: And then this is another funny moment because Still part of this montage, you cut to Stoney slamming a guy up against a wall, yelling at him. He's like, I'm not going to bust you. Yeah. I'm not going to bust you. <laughs> from there, uh, Sam and Stoney are in the car. Stoney's saying, you know, Ed only has gotten crank calls from every crazy in town. And then he's like, I want to go back to uh, La Cocina. And they go, they're driving back to the barrio, I'm assuming, again. And Sam's like, you know, we got Zero. And then suddenly they spot Jesus and they uh, Stoney calls Jesus over to their car. Jesus looks in the car over at Sam and he's like, who's the old dude? <laughs> Stoney goes, this is my dad. <laughs> like, like deadpanned. He's like, oh, I didn't know you had a fa I didn't know you had a dad. And he's like, yeah, yeah, get in. Right. So they pick up. Uh, Jesus gets in the backseat of the car. And Jesus is like. Uh, you know some chick named Maria. Uh, she's a twenty-dollar whore. She was with the dude who killed. Uh, she was with the dude who was killed. The guy who at the bus stop. His name is Warren Stugo. And then Sam like looks over at Stony. He's like, "Don't pay him yet." And Stony. And then Stony slaps Jesus.
1: And and like seriously, like slaps him hard. Where like again, I don't think he rehearsed that. Or if he did. He slapped the the actor harder than they intended because that guy was definitely the actor looking at Wingshauser, the actor, like, in the eyes, like, I will fucking kill you, you know?
0: <laughs> Cut. Why the fuck did you do that yeah. to me, man? Yeah. Look, I'm sorry, but it looks great
1: on camera. And, Trust and, me. And it does. It actually does. Like, this scene is actually really fucking good. And I actually, I, again... This is this is the theme of this movie. The kid who plays Jesus is fantastic. I I didn't write down his name, but I did look him up uh, really quick on IMDb. He's been working ever since like he's still That's working great. today. So he clearly has something like who I, I think the casting director of this movie should get major props.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, again, you know, like like we've been talking about the whole time. Great A acting in a B level movie.
1: Yeah, and then and it elevates the entire film to to, to what it is the best Wings movie that we've ever seen.
0: Right. So Jesus gives a little more info on the prostitute uh, saying like, you know, she she tricked the dead guy and and, and took him home, um, and from there, the, Sam and Stony are by themselves now. Jesus, like, you know, they must have let out Jesus. They drive to downtown LA and they find Maria. Maria is the $20
1: whore.
0: Jesus is referring to earlier. And And, by
1: the way, Maria is beautiful.
0: And she seems to be still working to
1: this day too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, so there's a funny comedian by the way, named Pablo Francisco who Mm. does a whole bit on, on, uh, and it's kind of a similar character that this Maria is like my baby,
2: no my baby.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, it just made me think of it whenever she talks. So she, so they pull up next to Maria on the street, and she asks. Uh, she's like, "Hey," she says to Stony. She's like, "You, you want a date?" And Stony says, "Maybe uh, you take on a, <laughs> maybe you take us both on."
1: Yeah, this is this is this is wild.
0: She's like, "Can you take us both on for twenty bucks?" And then Sam goes, "Can you perform miracles?" And she's like, "I'll make the dead rise. Step into my pew, baby." <laughs> so they park the car. Like I'm like, "Holy shit! Are we like eluding that they're gonna do a have a three way or
1: something?" Have, yeah, run a train oh, on Oh
0: God, this is hard. I do not want to picture this.
1: <laughs> yeah, with and, old uh, old ass Sam. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're right. So Sam parks the car. And you cut to the killer is watching them like from a, maybe from a parking lot across the street, you yeah. know, so, something that's fenced in and he's like sneaking, lurking, watching them. And as soon as they get out of the car, they walk over to Maria and they start interrogating her and she starts freaking out and she thinks they're cops and she's starting to explain like her relationship with Stugo, the guy that was killed, and you see the cut back to the killer the killer's now pulling out a rifle like a gun to, to to kill all of them and she's like not giving up a whole lot of information and Sam's hard on her he's like well why don't we talk it over in immigration
1: yeah Sa- Sam's a bit of a dick I was like oh I was like that's a bit of a dick move to like yeah I-, I thought that was a little bit of a dick move
0: and as soon as he says that she's like oh no my baby yeah he's inside and and she he's like and then stone and then Stoney goes well, why don't we Why don't we go see your baby? Come on. (laughs) And so they start walking towards this nearby church and she's like, don't take him from me, please. And you see the cut back to the killer. The killer's got POV shot of his uh, scope on the three of them, Sam Stoney and Maria. And then he's about to pull the trigger and kill one of them when a bus pulls in front of the gun. So he can't get a good shot bus drives away and the three of them are now inside the church. Uh the three of them go upstairs in the church to go visit Maria's baby. And she's holding the baby and she's or she's like look you know, checking on her baby and she starts revealing that Stugo is a regular of hers. She's like I got a baby. I got to make a living. I don't kill no tricks. And then she starts talking about how Stugo was a weird guy but he paid cash. She's like he paid, he paid cash, no food stamps. Yeah,
1: and he just paid cash to watch her change her panties, and that was it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they start pushing her hard, you know.
1: Again, they're like, we're, we're
0: going to take you to immigration or whatever, something like that. Yeah,
1: again. and I mean, like, like Sam pushes pushes the hardest. Like, he's the biggest yeah. dick here. But at the same time, it, it was his granddaughter, you know.
0: Yeah, which is totally understandable because he wants to find out who, who killed her. And she gives him all she's got and and uh Stoney gives her some money and they leave. As they're leaving, the ex killer, ex murderer, is in the doorway of the church. And they walk right past them. They even w- say, like, excuse me. Yeah, right?
1: that, I think that was so fucking cool. Like he, it's really cool. Like, I'm in my head, I'm picturing another movie where that happens, you know, where the people are chasing a killer and they go past them. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I always like shit like that. That's the shit that, like, the viewer, we all know, we're like, oh, my God. And they have no clue, but it's really fucking cool that, that it happened. And then, wow, what happens next is, wow. It's wild because... They leave, right? Like,
0: we know now the killer's there. The killer says the Hail Mary, full of grace, or whatever in his mind. Like, he does the thing that the four corners, or whatever. I'm not religious, so you know what I'm
1: saying. (laughs) Clearly, he he does uh, the sign of the cross. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm not like that. I'm not like that priest the other day that apparently has been uh, performing baptism, baptisms wrong because he he says, like, uh, we pronounce you baptized instead of saying, I pronounce you baptized. Do you hear about this? No. And then the the church is like, Nope, all those baptisms you do didn't count because you said we pronounce you baptized versus instead of I. I is the ghost is is Jesus. I'm like Oh, come on.
1: Well, hey, spoiler alert, they're all fake anyways. I know. <laughs> Guys and gals were Yeah. I mean, That's how we on. roll.
0: <laughs> That's how we roll,
1: sorry. I'm not an atheist, but no, we'll, we'll tell you
0: what happens when we die. Yeah, okay? I'm not.
1: I'm not atheist either, but I ain't Catholic. That's for damn sure.
0: Oh hell no! I'm like, oh, so you, so this guy got uh, basically his his license revoked to be a priest, right? Or he had to, and all these, all these, um, all these, what do you call them? Baptisms got uh, overturned. Overturned. And I'm like, you give a bigger shit about this than all the kids that have been raped by yeah. priests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on, yeah, fuck of off. Course.
1: Yeah, no, fuck off. Is- yeah, this is, this is something the Catholic Church can, can handle.
0: Anyways, uh, apparently there is no priest on duty at this church because what happens is ex-murderer goes upstairs
1: while Maria is holding her baby and... Not holding her baby. She is nursing her baby yes. when the killer strangles her to death. And I was like... Holy fucking shit! We literally just uh, saw a woman getting killed while nursing her baby. I was—that's when I was like, "That was the nail in the coffin for this movie." I was like, "This movie's fucking amazing. I love this fucking movie." <laughs> and I didn't want Maria to die, but I'm
3: like, "Fuck, this is wild."
0: Uh, nursing mother killed. Check. Check. <clears throat> How you doing? So uh, he didn't say that to Maria, by the way. Anyways, uh, yeah. So kill the ex-murder has now killed Maria. The baby's crying and you fade out from that scene. Then you cut to what could quite possibly be one of the best scenes in the movie.
1: Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
3: And Steven Seagal is a joke. (laughs) So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.
1: And now, back to the show.
0: Cut to Stoney in, Eddie's lo- in Ed's loft playing basketball. There's a, like, wire hoop above her fireplace. He's playing basketball in Ed's loft with a soccer ball and by the way he's really shitty at playing (laughs) basketball in her loft shooting hoops this
1: is not like fletch this is not fletch no
0: again i think that's the fletch connection i'm like he's playing soccer ball fletch is like we're gonna get this right uh cut to ed's watching him she's like on the couch or on her bed with with the cat on the bed and ed's smiling at stoney Stoney thinks he's so fucking cool. He's like trying to spin the ball on his finger but he can't. So he does that thing where like you you go like halfway spin it but then you catch it with your hand and yeah. he's got, like a smirk <laughs> on his face like I'm so fucking cool. He walks over to <laughs> he walks over to Ed and uh and you realize that like Stoney's just once again barged into her home she, and and he's like I just came by to tell you you never have to get dressed up for me. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like oh thanks and ed says she's like i have a date and he goes a date and he goes no we're gonna play some one-on-one with a soccer ball right he's like just like we used to back in the olden days and she goes forget the old days and stoney says again where are you going and she goes i got a date i'm like didn't didn't he just didn't she just say that yeah and she goes it's a pre-interview dinner with joshua adams at the canfield institute I want you gone from my house. I don't want I don't want you here when you, when I come back. And she leaves, right, with him still there. She leaves and he picks up their cat, Fats.
3: Fats, yeah, Fats the cat.
0: <laughs> and then he holds he's holding fats and he looks at fats and he goes, Fats, I did you the best favor of your life when I had you neutered <laughs> And then he hugs he hugs fats and like looks in the direction of when where Ed left. And he's got this look on his face again, yeah. like when the soccer ball rolled into the street.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same look, same look. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. This scene just ah oh, gets that scene gets me every time because I'm like, it's so ridiculous and awesome at the same time.
2: <laughs>
0: Cut to uh nighttime at the Canfield Institute. Ed in her. Sweet little early 80s Mustang, which is probably one of the weakest looking models of the Mustang, by the way, like the shittiest version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so he's pulling into the Institute. You cut to who I will now refer to as Mr. Joshua for the remainder of this movie. OK. Um, kind of uh, sitting on a stage addressing a bunch of people uh, and he's giving like a lecture and he says. Most of us live the precise life that we are given by society, our physical surroundings, our environment, our families, not realizing that we have the strength to reach inside ourselves and bring forth the power to change. He looks at the, surveys the the group of people and calls out one dude to stand and a woman to stand. And he asks the man what he does for a living. Mm -hmm. And the man says, I work in ladies' shoes, and everyone laughs at the <laughs> guy. And I'm him. like, oh, poor dude.
1: Yeah. And he's, like, standing very meekishly. Meekish,
0: yes. And he, he looks a little bit like the, the dad on Elf, like a bowling dad Yeah, Elf. yeah. And uh, he asks the woman what she does, and she says, I'm a court stenographer. And then Joshua looks at the man, and he asks, he says, he says to the man, do you have an arthritic condition? And the man says, no. He goes, then why do you stand like a cripple? Do you realize the signals you're sending? I'm frightened. I'm in pain. And then he yells at the guy. He goes, you are insignificant, sir. Only because you believe you are insignificant. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? And then he looks at the woman. He goes, you have great beauty, but you hide it. Everything about you says I will not succeed. What are you going to do about it? And she says, find the power. Find the power. And he goes, what power? She goes, the power to change. And then the whole crowd starts chanting, the power to change, the power to change. And it's fucking great. Yeah. Because it is like Tony Robbins shit, which, look, I think Tony Robbins is fucking awesome. I think anybody that can get you excited to make a better version of yourself. Yeah. Great. However, people can abuse it. Yeah. Yeah like Mr. Joshua.
1: He has so much chemistry and charisma on screen. He's just, he's awesome. And his voice, it's so good. But yeah. Totally agree. This this scene was interesting. And and I was like, okay, where is this going? But he, he has it. He definitely has it. Like that X factor, you know? Gravitas. Gravitas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gravitas. Yeah. And by the way, side note, uh, my, bu- our, my buddy Bert, who's a patron of ours, uh, he uh, he is a court stenographer. So oh, shout cool. out to all of our court stenographers out there. Bert, what's yeah. up, buddy?
0: I mean, shout out to anybody that works in ladies' shoes. It's a job. <laughs> <Yeah. Hey.
1: laughs> or works in ladies' shoes, and that can't be easy. So shout out to them, you know? Because and get it, they're working to while they're in ladies' shoes. Get it?
0: Oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Or smells ladies' shoes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, whatever. Floats your boat. So, I-, I said earlier that one of the best scenes was uh, Stony playing basketball with a shitty hoop above a fireplace. No, the best scene of this movie is about to happen next.
1: Oh yeah, is it? Is it? Is it the bathtub scene? Yes. It's yes. Stony.
0: <laughs> yes. Cut to Stony in Ed's bathtub in her loft.
1: Cut to six foot like one, uh, Wings Hauser in the tiniest little bathtub, like one of those. <laughs> freestanding bathtubs yeah Yeah, one of those things and yeah he looks like he's having a good time but I definitely kind of got the feeling that on the day that they're going to shoot that he looked down and was like I'm supposed to get into that like it's half of my size
0: (laughs) it's not only half his size
1: it's half the size of his balls
0: yes which we're about to see (laughs) in just a moment so he's in the tub chilling having a good old time smoking a cig, and then you cut to outside of the building the ex-murderer across at the at a, a building across the street uh, with an Uzi looking into the window of the apartment.
1: Yeah, and by the way, we can now see... That the apartment or the loft is on the like the top floor, but it like clearly takes up like a quarter of that entire like like floor because I mean it's a fucking amazing. But I imagine back then. You could probably, like, downtown L.A. was not the best place to live in, in the 80s. I mean, shit, guys and gals. Seriously, go watch the beginning of Terminator, and that's a great example of what downtown L.A. looked like back then, uh, especially, like, on Broadway and, and right around there. Um, and, by the way, Spring Street is just the is one street over from uh, Broadway uh, in downtown L.A. But I imagine that you could get a loft this big and everything back in 83 like for a lot cheaper than you know like if i am because back then a lot of people were living in the valley and everything so i'm sure you could get something down there for much cheaper but get so much space but now pre like right before COVID hit and everything that became the hottest place to live in la and then COVID happened and, and downtown la died but before that happened the boom this was it. This was the area, and it's honestly, it's because of lofts like this. They have some amazing spaces in downtown LA. They look beautiful, and this is this is one of them. Totally,
0: I love it. If uh, you know, there was a time when I was like, "Oh, that's where I want to live." Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, "No, nah, I definitely do not want to live there." <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, however. Wings is so happy where he's at in his bathtub. And right after you cut to the killer on the other outside, he starts blasting away at Wings. Suddenly, multiple bullet shots go off into the loft, shooting the shit out of the window right by Wings. Wings hops out of the bathtub. You see Wings wango and his tango. Uh, You see his taint.
1: You see full butthole, and it's like, uh, they, you know, they had no clue when they were making this movie that that there would be anything like HD Blu-rays and and you know HD TVs, 62 inches. But yep, there's. You see his balls. You see his penis. You see his butthole. You see everything.
0: It's it's everything's getting shot to shit, and you see everything. Everything R- wings is rolling all over the place. You see his bare ass. You yeah. see. You know, he goes and grabs his, his uh his pants from from the from the sink nearby while all the shots are going off. There's glass everywhere. It's a great scene. It's super violent as hell. Yeah. Wings looks kinda terrified because The guy's almost dead. Yeah, because he Uh,
1: kind of gets grazed, a little, like shot sort of, not through the shoulder, but like grazed a bit, and he's got a cut on his head. And jokes aside, with, you know, the butthole and the balls, (laughs) it's actually a pretty intense like shootout with a lot of stuff exploding around a naked actor on the ground, you know? I mean, that's not a small thing to do.
0: No, and he's, and it's clearly wings with his wangs, and he's just like, it's a great moment actually in the movie. Yeah, that like really is. And so, so what Corey was, and I both were saying earlier, again, he's at the top of floor of this, uh, of this building. The killer is on the, across the street at another building on the roof. So you cut to the next scene of shirtless wings popping out onto the roof of the other building, looking for the killer, but to no avail. Obviously, he's not going to find the killer because think about it. He's got to go all the way down those stairs or an elevator that goes slow as hell. Run across the street, go all the way up to the other building. (laughs) It's like we're talking like 10, 15 minutes probably would have gone by. The killer split. But he does find the bullets sitting on the railing, which doesn't translate to anything, by the way. You cut back to the Canfield Institute and Ed is having dinner with Joshua. Mr. Joshua, and she's telling her whole life story to and Stoney's whole life story to Joshua, how Stoney was kicked off the force for grandstanding. And Ed's like, it was impossible to live with him. And then she kind of chuckles to herself and she's like, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mr. Joshua says, listening is a lost art. She goes in your bio, it says that you appeared out of nowhere and founded this institute on a shoestring. That became the driving force for success training. Where is nowhere exactly? And Joshua goes, nowhere is where everybody is from until they become somebody. And he's like saying this in like kind of a sultry way. And he's totally clearly making moves on it, making moves on Ed. And she's liking it.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's actually... I think love chemistry. Yeah, I think there is like a like supposed to be a a thing here between them too. For her, it's not just like a, a story. I think she is actually kind of going out on on dates and stuff with them.
0: Well, I, I think too. I, I think too that he's got a magnetic personality. Yeah. She's enthralled by him because he is captivating, right? But it doesn't really matter because she gets in her car the next scene. You cut to her leaving the Institute. Yeah. Uh, She comes home to Glass. She parks her car in front of the building, her building, on the street, and she sees Glass on the street. She looks up at her window at her apartment, and she gets up to her place, and it's just destroyed. It's destroyed. And she hears um, piano playing on a shot-the-shit piano, so the notes are all fucked up, and Stoney's playing out on the piano. Now, I will
1: say this real quick. Um, I did notice that the walls... They, since they couldn't put bullet holes like in the walls, they put fake walls in front of the walls, but they kind of didn't do it like, you know, like a full on job. But, and they don't kind of go all the way to the ceiling. They're just like pieces of wood painted white like in front of the walls. But that's all that has the bullet holes. Like the bullet holes aren't in the concrete behind it. It's, I was like, I was like, you know, it's fine. No big deal. But I was like, I see what you did there. You just put the fake walls in front of the old walls.
0: Oh, yeah. It's hilarious, actually. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this is, this is what happens when you're on a shoestring budget. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she look, Ed is pissed. Yeah. She, she's not happy.
1: <laughs> she's so
0: pissed. And, 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 and then Stoney's like, somebody's trying to kill me. And then she goes, well, don't look at me. And then she goes, thoughts crossed my mind though.
2: <laughs>
0: and then she goes, Stoney, I can't live like this again. And then he totally ignores her. And cause he, and he just starts talking about, he, uh, you know he's on his own like stream of consciousness. He's like this wacko knows I'm looking for him, and I got him scared. He follows me here. Look, I'm sorry about the loft. All right. <laughs> and then she cut, and she's in the other room, like a joined room, and changing her clothes now, like taking her dress off and then putting on like a, a like a nightgown. And she's like, "How many people want you killed in this town? Ten, 20? And she walks over to him with her dress in her hand, not a towel, and she starts wipe. he's covered in blood and like cuts all over his body. She starts wiping the blood off his body and he's like, ow, oh, on his shoulder yeah. with her dress. Yeah, like, that's weird, yeah. That's weird. And then she's like, hey, you know, how many people want you killed? And Stoney's like, only Ashley, but he doesn't have the guts. And And she kind of is like, down by his legs now he's sitting down she kind of kneels down in front of him and he's like hey can you rub a little bit lower <laughs> which is again like a fletch line yeah you know? yeah <laughs> and she's like stop it stop it Stony." and he keeps flirting with her
1: because he's got all the adrenaline man he's like he feels good to be alive he wants to yeah. fuck
0: <laughs> yeah so he's still got blood on his body and he's, he's still like, got a
1: wound he's still got the like the shoulder wound thingy from the glass yeah. right? yeah and and
0: she's like stop it and he's like no you stop it and she's like no stop it and he and then <laughs> they start making out yeah and he she he like won't give up on her and she finally gives in and they fuck.
1: Yeah. Well, did you notice that when she does when she does give in, she puts her face into like his wound. She's got blood on her and face she now. She's got blood on her face and everything. Yeah. And then cue sex scene. And I was like, yeah, Zach. Yeah. Giving me a sex <laughs> scene. This is awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I feel like I will say this. The movies that we've picked over the past two and a half years have have had a lot less sex scenes than I originally envisioned podcasting after dark to have. But I was like, oh, right, sex scene. And then they go have sex in a hammock. And I'm like, that can't be comfortable, right?
0: It, it It's a very uncomfortable scene, actually, because you get more shots of his ass. Than, yeah, And then like expressions of her face, expressions of her face kind of looking pained. Like, you know, I like mean, into it, but not into it.
1: I mean, he's he Wingshauser, is definitely naked. The actor, she is definitely naked, and their genitals are definitely right next to each other.
0: They are, and, and he's having a good old time. At least it appears that way. Yeah. And the music is so cheesy. So you know, it's she like a woman so cheesy. Like, so good. So good. She's like, I can't find it. I can't so find good. it. It's awesome. Something like that. <laughs> oh, God. So nice long sex scene for Corey. Yeah, thank you. From there <laughs> you cut to uh like the rooftop parking lot of the Hotel Bonaventure.
1: Yeah, the yeah, the Bonaventure Hotel.
0: And it's really cool actually. Like it's like there's a park up there and and uh there's a woman leaving. She's like the she's like a maid at the hotel and she walks past a couple making out and she like kind of berates them for making out.
1: On, and, on yeah, on the, on the yard, like on uh, on the hill sort of, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then as she walks past them to kind of go home, she gets killed by the ex-killer.
1: Yeah, that's ex-murderer. Yeah,
0: yeah. Crime scene the next day at the Hotel Bonaventure. Uh, you hear the the police and the reporters announcing her name's uh, Janine Strand. She's a maid there, and Ed is there with Diego. And Hoxley uh, walks over to uh, Ed. He's like, Mrs. Hooper. Uh, He goes, I understand. And and they kind of have like a little back and forth talk. He goes, I understand there was a shooting at your place the other night. And she kind of blows it off. She's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of violence in this town. And Hoxley says, you tell your glory boy he's worn out as welcome. And she says, so why does a black and white to a gold badge in four months make him a glory boy? Which is interesting. Yeah. Like alluding that he's jealous. Yeah. And he and Hoxley gets pissed and he's like, Look, I want him, I want you to get him on a plane tomorrow mrs cooper like he goes back to calling her like i'm assuming he was calling her by her maiden name earlier yeah and i was calling her by
1: i did notice that he called her hooper earlier and is even in the subtitles So that's not her name so yeah maybe that was actually her maiden name or what she goes by on on the news or something which is weird that it would be so close to cooper too you know and again
0: i like that's why i think then they called him Stony jackson the other in the beginning of the movie i'm like wait i think they fucked up the lines but whatever <laughs> it's not that, whatever um So, yeah, so she's like, well, if I get him out of town, can I get a story on this, on what happened here? And he goes, Hoxley, like, looks at the crime scene. He goes, what? She's dead. And he just walks off. (laughs) And then she walks into the crime scene with Diego by Lopez. And Lopez tells her to leave. And she goes, Hoxley said it's all right. And Lopez goes, he did. And then he walks off to go check in on Hoxley.
1: Because they don't know they're not releasing that it's an ax killer, right? Like, or it's an ex killer. So she wants to confirm that it's an ex murder on on the forehead, right? That's why she goes and lifts the the cover off.
0: I think so, yeah, yeah. And I and I love this scene. I, I actually love this scene on, on a few levels because she wants to get the scoop and and then in any kind of cliched cop movie, the cops would have just let her in and that would have been it. But Lopez leaves to go check to see, like follow up to see if she was telling the truth or not. And they get in, she's like kind of rushing Diego to get in to take some uh video footage of Janine and they pull back the the sheets to reveal the X X on her head.
1: And her frown. <laughs> and, her... and her frown. <laughs> the, and they put the, the, the camera dead on her. Frown. And
0: Lopez walks up. And I love this because Lopez is like, you know, don't do this again. And he grabs the it's the point. The point of view is from the camera shooting the footage and he puts his hand on the camera to push it away. I love that.
1: I do, too, because you don't realize that that we're actually viewing Diego's camera until he puts his hand on it. And it's actually a fun little bait and switch you know you think it's the you think it's the omniscient camera of the movie but it's actually Diego's camera because yeah Lopez looks right at the camera and puts his hand on it that was it's a fun it was a fun way to make what could have been just a mundane scene a bit more interesting
0: yeah totally agree totally agree from there you cut to the news station and Stoney's now with Ed uh and and he says look I'll make a deal with you I give you what I'll give you what I got and you give me what you got and she goes, "Well, I don't have too much." And she starts realize she starts talking about uh, Stugo and Strand, Janine Strand. So, like, out of the sixteen people that have been killed, they only are bringing up the, like the last two that were killed. Well, they don't even bring up Maria, by the way. Yeah, but they just bring up Stugo and Strand, which is really interesting. And also, it's a little bit of a fail on the the writing because it's like they never determine why these two are stand out more than the others. right yeah they never figured they never specifically called that out but that's maybe one of the few things that i kind of criticize in this movie in in like a more of like eh, i wish they would have fixed that versus oh that's funny yeah you know? ed reveals that strand has a husband who's in soledad prison for armed robbery and she's like there's there's no motives there's nothing and then stoney starts saying this whole thing is random he goes you know. Uh, scattered psychos use patterns. So maybe crazy isn't so crazy.
1: Well, no, hold maybe on. He... I, actually, I'm, I'm just going to, I apologize. Um, he says, psychos use patterns. That's how they talk to the world. That's, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's um, cool. But But he's like, there's no pattern. So it's almost as if it's random. Maybe they're trying to cover something up. He actually figures it out in this dialogue right here but he doesn't know that he figured it out and i only realized that on the, on the second viewing but he actually says the entire plot right here but he just doesn't know it that he did
0: yeah because the, the plot gets repeated uh, a few more times in the movie <laughs> But this is the first time it happens and you're like, oh, this is starting to make sense. right? Yeah,
1: which is basically he's like, what if what if it's not random? What if the killer is hiding his victims by killing these other random people? So meaning like some of the people aren't random, the other people are. And it's to kind of cover up the fact that there is a connection. And he says it like he says it better than I just said it. But he basically says what the plot is right here in the, in this line.
0: Totally totally and and then so stony uh decides they need stony figures that they need more info, and he's like, maybe i'll I'll get Sam to break into Hoxley's office and rip off the files of every victim and suspect <laughs> and then the phone rings and it's a woman on the phone and Ed's uh Ed picks up the phone. there's a woman on the phone named Deborah. she needs to talk to Ed. he's like super frantic about it, and she tells her. She tells Ed to meet her at the security office at the Hollywood Pacific Studios and hangs up. Ed and Stoney go to the studios to meet Deborah. It's deserted when they get there, and they start looking around. And they wind up in like uh, the warehouse kind of prop, prop area. Yeah, it's a prop, it's prop, house, prop yeah. house.
1: Yeah. And I've yeah. I've been to a prop house before when I worked at the photography studio. They're fun because you get to, you know, go in there and rent something or whatever. But there's a bunch of crazy shit in here. There's a bunch of crazy shit in here. It's really neat. It's I, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know,
0: it's really fun. And actually, this scene is kind of funny because they're like they're looking for they're looking around. And and he kind of flirts with her and she's like, "Stony, stop or something. And the next thing you know, she goes into like this little dollhouse room and she sticks her face yeah. out <laughs> and she's flirting with him. And then they kiss and they not only kiss, but it is like a passionate kiss.
1: You see her. You see the actress like stick out her tongue ready for Wings Hauser's tongue.
0: Yeah, it's like it's yeah. kind of sexy, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And then they hear something and like, like Stoney's like, I I don't know if it's your friend or the killer, but somebody's here. And then we get this weird shot of, of Ed looking through the fake doll window. You know, she's like, she's like looking around. It's really, it's silly. I would have completely cut that shot right there.
0: Yeah, and it's really it's really funny actually. I'm glad they kept it in because it's ridiculous. And you see that the ex-killer is there. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Well, you also see when he goes up, when when Wings goes upstairs, you can see the ex-killer's uh, cap sticking like his the tip of his cap sticking out from behind the uh, the shelves or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's really funny. So they're so they're like on the ground floor. They're going up the stairs. Suddenly, Ed gets scared by a meowing cat, and Stony turns to her. Thinking, you know, it's, oh, it's just a cat with his gun drawn though. And suddenly out of nowhere, the killer jumps onto Stoney and they start battling.
1: Not out and of nowhere because you could see his cap the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, and that wasn't, that was definitely not the killer. Like that was clearly like blocking, like that was a shot blocking problem, you know?
0: Yes, totally, yeah. totally. So uh, when he tackles Stoney, Stoney's gun falls onto the ground floor. And they're again on the second floor. Ed is kind of freaking out. The the killer runs away from Stoney. Ed picks up a piece of like a two by four and goes to whack the killer with the two by four, but he shoves her into a cargo net that's nearby and she falls it's got a bunch of dummies in it, and it's got a dead Deb. Yeah, dead Deb her, is
1: there. Yeah, her friend, and the killer takes that shot to the stomach, you know, with the with the board, the two by four, and just tosses her aside. I was like, Ed, you got you got to work on those arm muscles, girl.
0: Yeah, she's not she's not a
1: badass no. in that way. No, 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 especially because she starts freaking the fuck out because her dead friend is in in that weird net thing with all the mannequins.
2: Stoney Stoney Stoney, 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 help her, Stoney! Stoney.
0: <laughs> it's like it's really funny. She's actually, dead. it's kind she, of annoying, she, She's but not going to hurt
1: you. She's dead. Just chill. Yeah, it's <laughs> just
0: dead body. Come on, you no, see those every day.
1: I, I will say that that whole thing moves a lot and everything when when Stoney tried to, tries to get her out. The actress who plays Deb never blinks. I looked, I watched the entire time, and she never blinks. I was like, "Good job, girl," because there's a lot of movement going on in that net where she's at.
0: No, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, uh. Stoney, like, kind of runs after the killer, but then he comes and helps Ed. Uh, Ed's freaking out, and he's and he's like, jump over me. Like, he throws her over his, over his shoulder to pick her up. And it's funny because he's kind of annoyed with her. He seems like he's annoyed with her. Well, yeah, One she... of the first of many annoying times for her.
1: Yeah, when she's like, oh, for what Stoney about and Deb? Her. And he's like, leave her. Who cares? She's dead. We got to go. We gotta We got this guy. Like, we got to go chase after him.
0: Yeah, he says, I don't think she's in a traveling mood. Yeah. So he they get in uh, Ed's Mustang, oh, which is no, about right, to I gotta get call, trashed.
1: I got to call this out. So they get down onto the street oh, yeah. by the, the Mustang, and Wingshauser, the actor, by their car, the The killer comes driving by trying to, to take out Wings uh, or Stoney. Wings, the actor, j- does his own stunt, jumps out of the way onto the hood of the car very ungracefully, uh, and, and then his gun kind of fires, like, by accident, almost like, and then he slides off and kind of lands on his knees and, and gets in the car and they kind of, they drive off, but I was like, I was watching, I was like, it's not graceful, but at the same time, that's actually what makes it cool because Wings is doing the stunt, and so you can kind of put the uh, the, the character Stoney in his place, and yeah, he, he dove out of the way, he kind of fired off a shot by accident, slid down, it just, it wasn't, I don't know, man. This is cool. Like, it's cool that it wasn't... All right, we see so many action movies today that that shot right here, this was just one take. This is just one camera set up and take. We would see 30 different camera takes as the, the actor jumps through the air in slow motion, lands on the hood of the car, pulls out his gun, fires off a couple of shots. Like That would have been at least six different camera angles. But here, because of budget, yada, 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 Wings has to do his own stunt. He's probably like, I'm fine, I can do this, no problem, and it's not beautiful. But therein lies the charm of it, to be truthful with you. And yeah. I was I was just impressed that he just did his own fucking thing, you know?
0: No, I agree. I agree. And in, in fact, like he's he's much more humanistic. Yeah. You know, especially at the ending of this movie yeah, as well.
1: Where he gets fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. He kind of gets fucked up here, too. So yeah. uh, so so they so a car chase ensues right after this. And as Stoney and Ed are driving Ed, like Stony shooting at the car to try and, you know, basically take out a tire or something and, and Ed's like, you know, you're not a cop anymore, Stoney. And he's like, I don't need a badge. I hit him. Yeah. <laughs> and then the killer, the murderer parks his car in front of the Canfield house, gets out of the car, like kind of hobbles in
1: yeah, uh, you, hops can, a fence. And you can tell he shot like, like he did shoot him, you know, like he did hit him and you can see the back of the windows and everything, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's injured. Uh, Stoney, and ed continue to drive into they drive into the institute because the the gates of the institute open uh because people are now leaving yeah by the way this is tuesday i'm just gonna leave it i'll tell you why i think it's tuesday in a moment um uh i think it could be tuesday we'll find out so anyways the gate opens people are leaving because uh maybe joshua had an, an event that night stoney drives up the driveway while cars are leaving so he's almost hitting cars along the way he barrels the car in there's a giant sculpture on the lawn in front of the institute and he knocks the sculpture over which is (laughs) hilarious before the sculpture you cut to joshua letting people out of the institute and saying see you next tuesday
1: (laughs) I didn't pick up on that the first time. Then you sent me a screen cap with the subtitles on, and I laughed and I was like, "Yeah, because they they wrote that dialogue on purpose. Like there was no reason. Of course to they say did. That. I was like, uh. of course
0: they did. I'm like, oh, this is that that phrase has been going around since 1983. Cool. Um, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, just why are you listening to podcasting after dark?
1: <laughs> Acronym it. You know, you'll figure Please it
0: out. Please see you
1: yeah. next Tuesday. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: So, anyways, that's when Stony pulls up, horns honking, drives over a sculpture, just destroys. He doesn't give a fuck give about a fuck. this guy's why do
3: house. Why he care? Why was he? Why would he care?
0: Uh, security rushes the car. And I like he's how like, he's
1: like, "Oh, it's cool. It's cool." Security, I, I, the ex, the axe the ex murderer is here, and they're like, "Okay, you know, like, <laughs> yeah." They
0: don't he doesn't stop say them. he's a cop. Yeah. He just he's like. The ex-murderer's here. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. Suddenly, they're all with him now. Yeah, he's they're like on leading his side. He's, the pack. They don't know who this guy is.
1: Yeah, right? ironically, he's going to stomp and kill most of these guys later.
0: Yeah, and he's, like, telling everybody what to do, by the way. It's hilarious. Uh, and then Joshua's, you know, like, oh, I'll, I'll call the police. And he takes Ed. Joshua takes Ed with him to keep her safe, I suppose. Uh, now, there's cut to the killer limping around the house. He's, like... Trying to climb up onto the roof of the house. Again, another roof shot of <laughs> It's like they love they love their guys jumping up on roofs. <laughs> um Stoney and the security officers are looking for the killer. They haven't found him yet. Cut to Ed with Joshua in his like private room and he's taking care of Ed. He's put a washcloth on her head and well he and startles her, her
1: with it did you notice like he comes up behind her with the washcloth and yeah, when she when he puts it in her head she's like oh because <laughs> oh.
0: you know again she's she's not used to seeing this kind of intensity violence and um in, intense violence and he goes to pour her a drink and he's saying dynamic personalities always attract trouble because mm-hmm. he wants to get in her pants of course he's he does. totally the guy who's like He's the dude in, uh, he's the guy in Witchboard who wants uh, Tawny Katane back.
1: Of course, know? of course. Cut to the
0: killer on the roof now. Then you cut back to Joshua saying that Stoney is lucky to have you, Ed. <laughs> and Ed's like, he's not lucky. He doesn't have me or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly cut back to the killer. Killer, like, knocks a tile off the, the roof. Joshua hears the sound. He says, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll go check. With, I'll go find out what that sound is. And he grabs a gun from a drawer and he leaves Ed alone to drink. And she's pounding her drink, by the way. She's yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of, it kind of makes sense though. Cause she's seen some shit that is just, she's seen a dead body. She, she's laying she, next to a dead body. She was in a, a,
1: a high speed car chase. She was shot at, I mean, dude, yep. well, she would know she wasn't shot at, but her, her boyfriend was shooting, you know, her husband in was shooting.
0: Car chase that yeah. she could have died into. Yeah. Um, Ed Ed's got her eyes closed practically and the killer is like looking in the room at her uh he gets into the room Joshua's going downstairs of the house he hears Ed scream he runs back up to the uh, the the office room the killer's trying to kill Ed strangle her but then Joshua shoots the killer Stoney rushes in immediately and pulls like throws the killer off of Ed the killer's dead, but Ed looks like she passed out and he's cradling, cradling her like a baby.
1: Yeah, I th- I thought she was dead at first. I thought
0: she was dead too. Yeah. yeah. And then Joshua was in shock. He's like explaining the whole reason why he shot the killer, but he's like so dumbfounded. You know, it's like it was an impulse. I, I, I wasn't even thinking something like
1: well, that. Well, the, the second time I watched it, though, I noticed that when he, you know, goes to plug the killer, the killer like looks at him. He's like, no, You know, he, the killer says no, because because we know we're going to know that they know each other, but we don't know it right now. So, again, this is one of those movies where you do actually get more out of it on multiple viewings.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah. And it doesn't take anything away. It, it makes it even better. So from there, you cut to Sam at the police precinct, and Hoxley's office is empty. Lights are off. Sam breaks into the office. He's disguised as a police officer.
1: And they don't even tell you how he got that. And you know what? I don't care. I love it. I love it. And I'm fine with it because this feels like a TV show, which is, you know, in, in a good way, because you just don't care. You just suspend your disbelief and you go with it.
0: Not only that, but you know they, they just "quote unquote" killed the ex murderer, so every cop in town is probably at this crime scene now, yeah. right? So yeah. this tracks. Why would the the the, the precinct's empty. probably empty? Yeah. And Sam, uh, Sam spends quite a bit of time actually stealing the files. This scene goes on a little long, but it is what it is. It just shows that Sam can break into anything. Yeah, and he uses what, his
1: lockpick and you yeah. know picks the locks. Yeah.
0: Cut cut back to Canfield uh Hoxley is with a random detective who's like proudly identifying that the killer was missing two fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like really happy about it.
1: Well cuz well the it's the corner and he's like ah that explains why we never got a full print and full match. But it is weird because the the missing finger thing really doesn't come into any kind of a play in this whole movie. It's not necessary at all. They never, it's not like The Fugitive. They're not like searching for the killer with, you know, missing two fingers or something. It's nothing like that. But it's fine because it actually adds a little bit of, like, makes it a bit more interesting. But I will say, I did fucking pause the movie and check the time, and I'm like, we still have 30 minutes left. I was like, okay, there's still, like, something else is still happening, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, because Stony like, Looks totally annoyed, right? And and he wants to leave with Ed. And Ed's like, no, I, I'm staying. You know, I want to find out why this, why Harvey Benton, that's his name, murdered 20 people. I want to know why. And then she's like, what's the matter with you? Is it the reward money? You've been out of shape because you didn't capture him, right? So she's annoyed with him. Stoney, like, just walks away from her. Hoxley approaches Stoney, and he's like, I spent six months on this case. You walk in here with your fuck you attitude yeah. and think the money's yours? Reward money goes to Joshua Adams.
1: I wrote that down by the way. By the, way the You walk in here with your fuck you attitude. And you I know what? That. I love that. I want to walk into some place with my fuck you attitude. <laughs> right.
0: right. And then Hoxley starts telling, talking to Stoney about Ashley, starts giving him some shit about it. And then you cut to Ed and Stoney driving home. They're in the car, and Ed starts asking about Ashley. Stoney's like, Ashley Maynard, he might be upset about the reward money, but I can handle it. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Ashley shows up in, like, a giant hoopty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And he's and he's trying to chase and knock uh knock Stoney and Ed like off the road.
1: Yeah, and, and even um Stoney's like, oh fucking Huxley must have called Ashley like right away. Yeah,
0: that's, that's smart. Like, that's a good throwaway line, but yeah. it's important. But it was yeah, that's it was great.
1: important. I'm glad they put it in there.
0: Again, like uh screenplay uh, writers should pick up on this shit. It's like all you gotta do is throw one little line in there and it wraps everything up. You yeah. don't need a whole ton of exposition, mm-hmm. right? And at this point, I'm like, oh, here's car chase number two. Yeah. So, so now now Ed's car is like getting trashed.
1: Oh, oh, it was already trashed, yeah. It was <laughs>
0: trashed before, and it's getting more trashed now. And Ashley's shouting at... So they're driving down the road, driving the, like the L.A., downtown L.A., and Ashley's shouting, screaming at Stoney. He's like, I gave you two weeks. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> they're screeching back and forth, and Ashley's shooting at them. Uh, but he can't get a good shot and they drive through like the warehouse district and Ed and Stony see like a, a driveway up into a warehouse and Ed's like, we're not going to make it. And Stony's like, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And they drive through the warehouse and they drive through a, 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 a roll up door yeah. the other side of the warehouse. Right.
1: And there's people working in there. Like what, man, what a night. <laughs>
0: right it's just getting worse and ashley's driving right behind him he tries to follow them but when he drives out through the other side of the warehouse he dodges a car that almost hits him uh and flips on his side screeches to a dead halt and like a big board comes through and destroys ashley and ashley is dead oh that just wrapped up that storyline
1: yeah no problem there i guess uh His buxomy lady is going to have to look for somebody else.
0: She's too busy still watching her porn, eating popcorn.
1: (laughs) Eating popcorn, watching porn. As
0: one does, apparently. I don't know. (laughs) From there, you cut to a very fucked up, trashed Mustang parked in front of Sam's house. Stoney and Sam are laying on a bed together, looking through the files that Sam stole. Uh, Stoney's bothered by the whole thing and... And Sam's, like, trying to make him feel better. He's, like, by, you know, trying to give him a drink. And he's, like, I don't need that. And then Ed walks in.
1: Well, because, yeah, because and- um, Stoney's, like, something like, like everything's, like, all wrapped up in a nice bow, and why do I feel like dog shit? Because, like, something's nagging at him. This was just too easy. All of this was just too wrapped up and simple.
0: Yeah, he says, he says the killer looked like he was running somewhere, like he got where he wanted to be. Ed starts speculating. She's like, maybe Joshua, maybe Joshua was supposed to be the next victim. Stoney says, why would a guy run to a place with security guards? And so Stoney starts like asking about Strand and, and Stanton and his husband at Soledad. And then they, and they're looking through the files and then they realize that Harvey Benton was a security guard at Soledad. And then, Stoney's like I want to go to Stol. I want to go to Soledad. I think there's a connection there.
1: Yeah, because they're starting to piece something together. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and Ed goes, I want to go too. And Stoney says, No.
1: But she's like, But there might there could be a story. And he goes, You are a story. And then
0: Sam like <laughs> Sam and uh, so, so Stoney's up like he's all fired up and he wants to do this thing. And now Ed and Sam are on the bed. Sam pulls Ed's head closer to him, and they like he like pats her on the side of the head. Yeah, he, like like, like so.
1: Ed's head is on Sam's shoulder, and then Sam's head is. I like that moment. It's it's such a sweet moment. And again, this is this is something I would love to see forward, moving forward. I would love to see their more of their relationship. I like that. I like that Eddie and Sam have a relationship because clearly, you know, Sam and and uh, Stony have a relationship. It's. I love it. I love this cute little dynamic.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. From there, you cut to a little. 10 person plane taking off from LAX and they're flying again. And Stoney's complaining about having to fly again.
1: <laughs> he's, he's definitely the BA Baracus of this movie.
0: Oh, totally, totally. And they go to Soledad prison.
1: Hey everyone. Co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, Podcasting After Dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcastingafterdark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us.
0: So Stoney and Sam are now at Soledad Prison. And they're getting ready to talk to Lester Strand, who's Janine Strand's husband. It's the dude from Escape from Alcatraz. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's such a classical actor, too. And he's fantastic, uh, by the way. So Another good.
1: fantastic walks... actor in this movie.
0: Totally. Stoney Stony, and Sam are like waiting in the, you know, the 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 interrogation room. And Strand walks in, he goes, I smelled cop. And he looks at Sam, he goes, you're an old con. That's easy. And then he looks at both of them. He looks at Stoney. He's like, what do you want? And then what does Stoney say? How you doing? How you doing? I'm like, fucking, oh my God, you, with your line. You got to get your line in, don't you? Mm-hmm. That it's a, like number six or seven of the of the, of the movie. And, and Strand goes, my time. Strand asks again. He's like, what do you want? And Stoney says, the SOB who killed your wife. And Strand says, they got the dude. He was a screw in here. Yeah. And and Stoney starts speculating that it wasn't him. And he's asking who about uh, Stugo. And Strand says, you know, that Stugo used to cut hair in the prison. He was like a civilian uh, when he became the barber, when Mickey the barber was shivved. And then Stoney goes, the same guy who killed him i'm assuming mickey the barber killed your wife and i'm like where how do you know that where do you make that connection
2: mm-hmm.
0: right it's a little loose too i'm yeah. like okay that's a little too neat um, and then stoney asks about benton strand goes dude was a screw and stoney asks for something more he's like give me something more something something i don't know strand says you know benton was buddies with a con named fulton says he's a cat who had his own machine. The warden left him alone, said he'll, Fulton, he'll make model cons out of all hard asses. Stoney asks if he was a preacher. And Strand says, oh, hell no. But the dude had control, had screws running errands for him. And if he didn't cop to his program, one of his boys would visit you and zip! And he points at his eye. (laughs) And Sam says sam goes i can't believe cons would let a dude like that a, a guy like that stay alive and strand smiles and he goes yeah we got to his ass one night poured 200 proof grains and blew up blew all over him lit up like a christmas tree benton split after that couple of cons were transferred that's it
1: and so, so I guess I didn't quite understand, but that burned body was how he, uh, uh, Fulton slash Adams got out. Covers, it? Yeah, yeah, that was his cover. Okay, okay, yeah.
0: This this is cool because like at first you're like, okay, this is a little loose, but it starts to pick up and the in the writing gets tighter because um, Stony pulls out the newspaper of all the victims that the ex murderer killed, and he asks them to if he recognizes anybody. Strand starts, like, recognizing, oh, that's uh, the barber. That's a dude who used to come down from uh, Salinas to do the plumbing. And he goes, well, that's Janine, but that's it. And then he, that's all he's got, right? And then Strand's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. You know, and he starts to leave, and then Stoney apologizes again. He's like, I, I, I really want to tell you I'm sorry about your wife. And Strand's like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, he you know, kind of. I don't looks, even know you. Yeah, he kind of like,
1: like looks back, you know.
0: Yeah. So they leave and they start walking out of the prison. And Stoney wants more info on on this Fulton guy, right? And he says to Sam, he's like, you know, people around here, right? We can we can get some more info. <laughs> well, he's and, it's like
1: some like you got people here, right? And he's like, sure. Where are they gonna go?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are they gonna go? I love this because and so now you cut to like a black room. So it, it it's it's in. You just have to assume that they're talking to some cop on the force who yeah. has some info on Fulton.
1: Yeah, and they do this interesting composite scenario.
0: Yeah, so they're like looking at photos. I'm assuming they're looking at the dude from Salinas first. Yeah, but they don't identify it, and 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 uh, he goes, "Show me Fulton." And they show they put down this picture of Fulton and it's clearly Mr. Joshua, but he's bald and has a beard.
1: Yeah, and so and it's very like nineteen eighty-three, not even photoshopped. Like they had to airbrush like him to give him a the actor a bald head and everything. But it works. It's totally cool. It's not bad. Yeah, it's it's fine. That that's not a problem, and nor is the composite, but the composite is interesting as fuck, because they're like they're looking through like one of those overhead projector things. It's kind of going up on the wall. And then the cop starts doing a, a multi-layered film, like a composite where he would have Fulton's like nose and eyes, but then the beard is a different layer of that transparent, film and then he he basically and the wings is like you know t- okay take away the beard put on a chin and so he actually has to physically like take that piece of plastic away yeah and, and all and what he's and what wings is trying to do is he essentially gets him to look like and realizes that that fulton is is adams is mr joshua
0: yeah the composite that scene is really cool yeah, it is i was it's- just hoping if they would like do it slightly different with like maybe the the mr wooly You know, that little thing, the bald guy with the the, the magnets. That would have been even better, just saying.
1: But it's interesting, and it's unlike what I found interesting and fun about it is it's unlike anything I've ever seen in a cop movie where you always see the composites or something or drawn or whatever. I've just never seen anything like this, and I thought that was fascinating. And nowadays, it's all just computers and everything, but I thought this was pretty fucking interesting.
0: Oh, no, I totally agree. It's super interesting. It's cool how they put it all together. What's kind of more interesting, though, is you think Stoney realizes it's now Joshua, but what do they do? They cut to Stoney and Sam getting a hot dog and a soda at a nearby stand. I'm yeah, yeah. Like, they're back oh, in they LA. Oh, they got time to get some food yeah. back in LA. <laughs> and so they're they're like not worried. At least they don't seem that worried about it. And Sam says he called the news station. He said that Ed's on assignment in corn in the cornfields. And then you cut to Ed, and she's at Joshua's.
1: And I like that. It's it's he. he it's kind of like a throwaway thing, and I didn't pick up on it the first time. But yeah, he Ed's or um um Sam's like oh the cornfields and just kind yeah. of throws it away. But you're like, wait a minute. But we'll get we'll get that in the second.
0: Yeah, and so Ed's on the couch with Joshua having drinks, and she's there to you know prep Joshua for their interview tomorrow, right? And you cut back to Stoney, and he's trying to put it, Stoney and Sam, and he's trying to put a connection together with, uh, with the killer, with, with all the murders and everything. And Stony says, you know, Joshua covered up being Fulton by killing everyone who knew, and he killed innocents to get the cops off the scent, essentially.
2: Yeah.
0: Cut back to Joshua trying to charm Ed, and he's like, discover that power in you. Ed's like seems super into it. Her eyes are all, she's got, you know what kind of eyes on them. Gaga eyes. Yeah. She's She's got Gaga eyes. She's into him. Yeah. He's like, convince yourself and you'll convince others. Cut back to Stoney and Sam and Stoney like has an aha moment and he's like, cornfields, cornfields? No, it's Canfield. Sam, it's not cornfields. She's at Canfields. But Sam's like, yeah, she she's fine there. You're with a murderer. <laughs> yeah, you know, You're yeah. with someone who tell convinced this guy to go off and kill people. The ex the ex murderer, right? You're with a cold blooded killer, and he's stands like she'll be fine.
1: Because at this point, and- doesn't Sam know that the killer is?
0: Yeah, but he does like
1: he doesn't give a shit. She's like, he's oh, so she'll like, be fine. But Wink's like, no, she won't. She'll blab immediately.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what they, she
1: does. Immediately she'll blab. They
0: want to split. Yeah. yeah. Cut back to Joshua. Now he's like making moves on Ed. He's like, you admire men with strength, don't you? And she goes, yes, I do. I admire strength, not necessarily the physical type. And then he says, like your husband? <laughs> And then she's like, well, sometimes he machos it up like you're doing right now because he puts his hand on her. I didn't know that putting your hand on someone else's hand is machoing it, but I get what she's saying. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get what she's saying.
0: And she goes, but this morning he had this wild hunch and he took off without me. Like I was some idiot child that couldn't play in the adult world. And he goes, (laughs) Joshua goes, you certainly aren't. You're wonderful, Eddie. And they cheers, drinks. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> once again, their pants so bad. Stoney and Sam show up at Joshua's uh, on the side of the road. And they sneak into, like, side gate, right? And there's a security guard at the side gate. And Stoney beats the shit, the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, beats the living shit. It goes on for, it's like a you know normally you like hit a guy move on yeah. this and that's like what 2 seconds this is like a 10 second scene where it's like dish,
1: dish, dish. and and it starts with with the guy's about to take a drag from his cigarette, and it's almost like, I don't know if this was blocked properly, but as an ex-smoker, I know that the actor, the stuntman, who's about to get pummeled on, uh, if he actually did like suck in some smoke right there, that would have sucked, you know, about to do that. But this is also the moment where I did notice uh, uh, Wings stomp, quote-unquote, stomp, you know, him, but it was totally the ground, you know, and everything. Yeah, it's really funny. But if you take take away the the William, like we said earlier, the William Shatner style of fighting, and you actually boil down what this is, this poor guard gets his ass kicked by fucking wings, by Stoney. I mean, Stoney fucking stomps his ass. Stomps his ass. And then takes his gun. And if
0: anybody's seen uh, Peacemaker and with John Cena... And there's a scene in Peacemaker. It's not much of a spoil where, like, they, they're they infiltrating this house. And they're like, you know, don't hurt the security guard. They're innocent, you know. And I think about the security guards in this. I'm yeah. like, these guys don't know what they're up to. Maybe they maybe they know who they're covering up for. Maybe they don't. But they didn't deserve to get stomped like that. He
1: didn't deserve to get stomped.
0: Because <laughs> he, like, almost practically, like, curb stomps his head into the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> it's
0: brutal. So cut back to Joshua making moves on Ed. He's like, everybody lies. Women lie when they put on makeup. I'm like, what?
1: that's, such, <laughs> that's God, God, a stretch. They, they, this movie's very chauvinist when it comes yeah, to the, totally. the dialogue.
0: But I agree with this. He goes, churches lie when they offer salvation. And then he gets really kind of intense. He goes, prisons lie when they promise rehabilitation. I'm like, oh, you're a poet and didn't know it. And Ed goes, well, that's a strange thing to say. And she goes, have you ever been in prison? And Joshua says, we're all in prison, Eddie. That's why my seminars are so successful. Suddenly they hear a crashing sound (laughs) and Joshua goes to investigate and it's Sam who they're, they're like in the room where um, Joshua does his seminars and there's a bunch of stacked chairs. He He knocks over the stacked chairs on the ground. Oops. Sorry. Sorry, Stoney.
1: (laughs) Oh, Sam
0: security guards come into the room. They rush the room. This guy, Marty, and uh, and Joshua comes in, follow with Ed.
1: I love how you tracked uh, <laughs> the Marty because me too. I I track Marty and I also track the amount of bullets that uh, he plugs into Marty oh, in a few minutes. <laughs> I
0: know. so so Marty's got a gun on Stony and Sam. Yeah, when Joshua comes in, he's like, you know, tells Marty to lower his gun. Uh, he says, "Mr. Cooper, why didn't you ring the night bell?" I feel like it's like a Jerry Dandridge moment. Yeah, he's, he's like,
1: trying you know. to be yeah. I'll...
0: And Joshua introduces himself to sam and sam introduces himself back and then he says to stoney he's like was it necessary for you got for you both to break in here or or was eddie in danger and ed in and, and this is when ed walks in she's totally pissed she's like stoney what are you doing here joshua says she's doing her job and you're acting like a fool ed
1: he's or act- eddie says He's not acting oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ed,
0: burn. <laughs> sick burn. And she goes, what are you two doing here? And Stoney's like, you know, wants to get Ed over to him because he knows that Joshua is a psycho and he's acting very kind of like nonchalant about it. Like, you know, Hey, can I talk to my wife for a second? It's in private. You know, he says, Ed, we come over to me. He goes, talk to me before I break your arm off.
1: I know. So <laughs> wow. <Jesus>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That that line, she goes, Excuse me to Joshua. And she yeah. walks over to him and he whispers to her, he's like, I want you I want to get you out of the house and and I want you to act like everything is fine. And she's still pissed and she's like, No, I'm not going to. And she walks back over to Joshua and she's like, What are you doing? You you're supposed to be in Soledad prison until tomorrow. And at that moment, you see Joshua's face, his eyes get big, and Stoney pulls out his forty five and points it at Joshua. And this is when Joshua has the aha moment that he knows. Yeah. Marty has his gun on Stoney. <laughs> yeah, and <Marty>. Ed, looks, <laughs> Ed looks unfazed. She's like, just looks annoyed, like, what the fuck is going on? And then Stoney calls Joshua, Mr. Fulton. And Joshua says, I'm going to need your gun. You're, this is breaking and entering. And then another guard comes in and it has a gun on Sam. Ed again doesn't know what's going on. She's like, "What's going on here?" She's acting like <laughs> totally I- idiotic. To Stoney's, you know, credit, he knew what, that was going to happen. I yeah, guess. of course. And uh, she goes to Sam, and she's like, "What's going on?" And then Sam mumbles, "He's like, he's Roger Fulton." And then she goes, "Who's Roger Fulton?" <laughs> and Joshua says, "Roger Fulton died in prison." Stoney says, well, someone died in prison, but it wasn't Roger Fulton. Joshua says, I'm going to have to insist on that gun. This is my house and I have a right to protect it. And Ed goes, I feel sick. (laughs) Then this is when Sam, uh, there's a shot of Sam like pulling his lockpick tools out of his pocket. Joshua points his gun because he has a gun at Ed and he says, tells Marty to take Stoney's gun.
1: Yeah, because Ed is, like, to his right, and he's still facing Stoney, and he kind of just moves his gun and points it, like, at her gut, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Stoney says, Make one more move, Marty, and I blow a hole through this man's head the size of a cantaloupe.
1: (laughs) How often do you actually get this much uh, to know, like, a goon's name, you know? Fucking Marty, man. (laughs) It's really
0: funny. I'm like, oh, I really want to know what Marty's fucking (laughs) name is.
1: Marty's all Marty the goon. (laughs)
0: Marty the goon. And Joshua says... This is all academic. The jealous husband breaks in, shoots his wife, and one of my men shoots him. And Stoney's like, how do you explain Sam? And then Sam and then goes, then Sam goes <laughs> Sam What does Sam goes, say?
1: And Sam goes home and sleeps in his bed or something like yeah. that. Sam
0: goes home and gets to gets to go to bed. That's
1: yeah, what he I love it. I love how Sam's like, I'm out of this equation, guys. And then of course, uh, uh fucking Fulton's like, no, Sam's an acquaintance or uh sorry. And then Fulton's like, Sam's an accomplice. And then yeah. Wings is like, Oh, you're so slick. You're so slick, Fulton. You're <laughs> so good.
0: And then guns are all still drawn, and that's when Sam elbows the guard next to him. Uh, quickly takes his like, uh, quickly takes his lockpick tools and shoves them in a nearby outlet, which makes the power go out. And I'm like, I'm su- surprised he didn't electrocute himself. There must have been rubber at the end of those tips. Of
1: well, the- there was because it was like a tool. It wasn't just like a bent, you know, like paperclip or something. It was actually yeah. a tool. And this like- is when fucking wings like pushes Marty and plugs him twice.
0: So he shoots, uh, first wing shoots the, the guard that was on Sam, kills him with one shot. Then he pushes Marty out of the way and plugs him in the belly two times. And the squibs are so yeah. violent that the blood just sprays out. This movie is about to get exploitative in a good way.
1: Yeah, and but Marty gets two two shots in him. He's dead before he hits the ground.
0: Yes. Joshua now grabs Ed, who's
1: now her, her his
0: hostage. Yeah and he yells he yells at stony he goes you had no right resurrecting roger fulton i put too much hard work into killing him off and he just takes off <laughs> there's a wail later on there's a wail of uh, a moment where joshua like wails like, <laughs> <laughs> like a maniacal wail so hilarious anyways so sam's like you want me to call the cops to stony and stony's like no i want this scumbag for myself and so Joshua heads upstairs with Ed to his office. Stoney follows him. Uh, Stoney's like in the hallway about to enter, but San- Joshua's in there with, with Ed in a gun tour. And Joshua says, It's exciting to kill, isn't it? Especially a little bit at a time. How many have you killed, Stoney? 10? 20? More than the ex-murderer. How will you feel when you kill your own wife? And he shoots Stoney in the leg.
1: Ah. Oh. And he doesn't shoot him in the leg. He shoot, shoots him like in the upper in the thigh, hip area. And I was like, yeah. ooh, that's that's got to be painful. That's your joint and everything.
0: Yes, yeah, st- like the femur bone. Yeah. Probably yeah. could have severed the femur. Uh, so, you know, Stoney's shouting in pain now. And he rushes Stoney with Ed. And he's like, I'm a very good shot. Don't think I didn't hit my aim before. And he goes out and like he goes out the back door of his office down the stairs and Stony like hobbles after them down these stairs, kind of falling along the way, running after them. They're running all over the property of his house and they're now in like a I don't know, like a like a guest house area yes. with like this archway. Yeah. It's a darkened
1: archway. So Wings like comes on the archway and you can tell that that um Fulton pushes ed so she kind of falls like sort of through the the the, the archway and wings and, and stony is so quick on the draw that he fires but he kind of like pulls it a little bit to the left and hits the the frame but if yeah. you look at it like he would have killed her if that frame wasn't there because half of her head was behind the frame, and essentially where the bullet hit was square between her eyes, but the frame, the door frame blocked it. Uh, that was intense. I was not expecting that close call.
0: It, it's a great scene. It's a great moment because Joshua says right after that, he's like, quick reaction. Yeah. I like a good adversary because he was intending for Stoney to kill Ed. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Is this, he when, says, he's,
1: this is when he calls for his goon to jump him? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He goes, it's not going to make me feel happy to see Eddie die, though. Such a waste of a classic woman. Stoney starts getting closer to them with his gun drawn. And then Stony goes, either way you look at it, you're dead meat. And Joshua comes back. He goes, please, Stoney, no police idioms. They make you sound unintelligent. And he has his gun on Ed. And that's when he shouts, now. And that's when the guard jumps out of nowhere and wrestles with Stoney. Stoney shoots the guard in the belly. Another big squib goes off. Just blood everywhere. And then Joshua yells, good shot!
1: What a useless fucking guard, by the way.
0: Useless guard, but it's a funny moment because Joshua's, like, getting more excited as this evening is going on. And he's getting more maniacal, too. He's like, good shot. And he starts to walk over to Stoney because Stoney's now laying down on the ground after (laughs) shooting this guy in the belly. His leg's been shot. He's probably been beat to shit all night. And he gets up and... uh, Stoney's face Joshua does and he says we could pull on this all night Stoney we could pull on this yeah I guess that's what it said yeah and he goes it's very private here and then he shoots at Stoney's head right by his head it's a great shot and you like see Stoney's reaction like he's wincing yeah and then he goes think of how little there'll be left of you and what I'll be doing to your wife when you're dead (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's
1: full on maniac at this point
0: now he's maniac and he shoots at the other side of Stoney again but then he takes Ed and he runs back up the stairs back into his office again.
1: Yeah, a little bit of a back and forth going on.
0: Yeah, it's like they're just running in the back in the same places. And Stoney stumbles back up and he starts to follow them.
1: And uh, and by the way, I mean, Stoney is fucked up with his leg. Like Wings is really, he's doing a good job of, of trying not to put any weight on that leg. I, I can't imagine this was easy to do.
0: No, no, and and. And you got to assume, you know, in in storyline, like he's just running on adrenaline right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's going to probably be dead
1: at some point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so this is funny because Stoney's like, it's just you and me. I'm like, actually, it's not just you and me it's it's you and me and ed (laughs) ed and
1: Uh, a weird a weird security guard who also has his face all fucked up for some reason
0: oh oh yeah yeah that that guy's gonna come up pretty soon yeah so they're like on the second floor again they're back where they kind of started when stony got his leg shot and joshua appears alone by this office room and like ed's nowhere to be seen right and joshua says you'll come around Here's the explanation of all that he did. He goes, once Once Canfield was created, certain key people needed to be eliminated. You can see the reasoning. Then Stoney asks, he's like, where's my wife? And then another guard like what the fourth or fifth one now appears out of nowhere with a fucked up face. Yeah. Wh- so holding he's all, he's all Ed. cut
1: up and, and beat up. And yeah, he's, he's holding Ed, but why is he all cut up? Did she do that to him? Was like he, she scratched him with her? He wasn't nails? the, he wasn't the guard that was holding, um, Sam. Uh, yeah, I, he just, he comes out and he's, he's already fucked up. So you're wondering like, how did that happen?
0: Yeah. I, not only that, but I'm like, what happens next is kind of ridiculous cause Stoney Stoney asks if she's okay and she's like, Uh-huh. Mm. Like, no, you're no no she's not. No. She's traumatized. Yeah. And then he looks at Joshua, he's like, I want to make a deal. <laughs> what the fuck is yeah. going on? At this point I'm like, this is going on a little too long, actually. <laughs> and so Joshua says, you know, oh, we both understand violence is a means to an end. And then Stony is okay. Stony's on one end of this long hallway, with a with a railing kind of that that to leads hit. to the yeah. ground floor.
1: And the railing's and, on his left.
0: Yeah, and and Joshua, Ed, and this guard are on the other side. Stony is coming closer to them. He's got his forty five in his right hand, but he's his left hand is behind his back. Yeah, behind his back is a little twenty two. Yeah, right. So. Joshua asks for the gun, so the the 45, and Stony starts to give him the 45, and as he does, he kind of like starts to drop it out of his hand, which causes Joshua to stumble. He pulls the other gun out from behind his back and nails the guard right in the fucking head,
1: fucking point blank. He just fucking takes that gun out, puts it one inch away from that guard's face, and blasts his brains out. That was fucking awesome
0: fucking awesome and he from right after you blast that guy in the head he turns the gun the same gun to joshua shoots him in the neck so there's blood spraying out of joshua's neck at this point ed picks up the 45 joshua and stoney are wrestling and fighting each other and they fall over the railing wall onto the first floor Joshua gets up and runs off outside. Ha, <laughs> ha,
1: I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, as far as, like, protagonists get, uh, getting fucked up goes, Stoney takes a
0: beating in this movie. Yeah, he's beat to shit. But he's not done yet because he's Stoney Cooper. <laughs> so Ed runs down to check on Stoney, gives him his gun. He's now reloading the gun. I love, as you do too, seeing yep. reloads in a, gun, yep. in a movie. And... He and she's like totally panicking. Oh my god, oh my god, are you okay? And he like jerks away from her like a fucking dick. And he's like, just help me or leave me
1: alone. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like a dick to her. I mean, but like you said. But like you said, he's going on full adrenaline probably at this point. So he's just like, I'm, I'm gonna fucking kill him, you know. He's a maniac, but he is fucked up. He's been shot in the, the, the hip. He's fucking falling off that balcony. It's it's insane, dude. He is, and he's about to get run over by a car.
0: Yeah. So so while this is going on, Joshua is on his way to go get a car, to 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 escape, finally and he gets in a pink mercedes it's a pink mercedes yeah, by the yeah. way it's like a light pink mercedes it's like,
1: it's like salmon it's like salmon colored it's yeah
0: like, i mean regardless it's a shitty color <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's not pretty <laughs> so so, so stony follows after with ed and he runs out to 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 confront joshua but joshua hits
1: stony with the car Uh, he he hits him and like knocks him back into the wall and i swear to fucking god that was wings
0: yeah it really looked like it yeah (laughs) and so that's when joshua starts to drive off and he's like cackling while he's driving off (laughs) stony miraculously is able to get up with his 45 and starts blasting away at joshua's car and shoots the trunk of the car which causes it to blow up
1: to explode <laughs> yeah the car
0: flips and explodes on the lawn of the canfield institute
1: yeah so if i could just literally change <laughs> one thing about this it's movie awesome. like if anything all i would rather have had was that was stony like take like take a shot that was like really precise like he took his time to do it and i just wish that like he shot uh, uh, Fulton as he was driving, like just shot him and not the car. Cause first off you hit the trunk. What, what's the, does the guy have like barrels of gasoline in his trunk? Like why does the truck explode? That's so like, was the 80s. fuel tank
0: in the back of a Mercedes? I don't
1: and, know. And because this movie was such Maybe. a high caliber for for so long that I felt like this this ending with the explosion was was so pedestrian, whereas the rest of the movie was so much more elevated than it had any right to be. That I just wish the climax. Well, I mean, the whole climax I enjoy, like this whole shootout, this whole everything I enjoy. It's just this one nanosecond moment that I'm just like, ah.
0: This is the nanosecond moment because this whole like finale is so over the top. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. And I love and, every and minute like, of it, but it just, just gets... Yeah, I just... Why does the car explode? Cars don't explode uh, when you shoot them in the trunk, guys.
0: Well, also, the fact that Stoney has been able to, like... He's just walking around like everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's not, like, walking around like everything's fine, but... But the fact that he's functioning—it's yeah. really absurd in a good way because you're like, oh my god, this this is just like taking it to the umpteenth level. You're right; that explosion is just ridiculous to the highest degree. What's kind of funny is the whole time Ed is like whimpering the whole time, like, eh, eh, yeah, eh. and then Sam strolls out of nowhere, like, where the fuck were you, Sam? I know, I know, hiding the
1: whole time. Yeah, I think he Thanks was. Thanks a lot. I think he was. Friend,
0: BFF. Um, but I don't blame him, sort of. Yeah. And so Sam walks off or walks up to them while they're watching the explosion. Uh, police cars arrive, ambulance arrives. It's kind of like flashes forward a few moments later and Hoxley shows up and he wants an explanation as to what happened. He's like, ah, I want to know what the hell happened here. And then Stoney, Sam and Ed are all still together. And Stoney says, anyone want to go with Hoxley? And Ed says, I want to get you to a hospital. And Sam says, I'm hungry. (laughs) And Hoxley's like, what the hell happened here? Right. And then suddenly there's, you hear Stoney as they're walking away into the sunset. Stoney says, all right, let's pick up the reward money, take an ambulance to the Baja and fish for margaritas. (laughs) And meanwhile, Hoxley's yelling at him. He's like, you're not going anywhere till I find out what happened here. They laugh. But before they walk off, Hoxley's like, you leave L.A. and I'll have your ass. And then Stoney says, "Ah, shut up, Hoxley. <laughs> and they laugh. And then the credits roll while there's a freeze frame of them with the burning going on around them. <laughs> all the craziness and 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 that's the the end of the movie with the killer song keep on fighting keep on
1: fighting and i swear to god i I wish wings was singing that song but he wasn't it sounds a little bit like i'm like who who did this i thought it was him um yeah dude i i seriously seriously would not change a fucking thing about this movie other than the car exploding that was it (laughs) I would just rather have seen from a distance him fire and then you just see you. All you see is blood hit the the front windshield. You know, I think that would have been so much cooler as the car just rolls down the hill, you know. But I get it. I get the mentality of the time. We need the big explosion. You need the big ending and everything. But everything else about this movie was amazing absolutely amazing if you've made it this far in our review the breakdown you know how amazing it is I highly recommend everyone to go see it uh it's it's at this point it's my favorite Wingshauser movie that we've reviewed and I've loved every single one of them but this one is hands down my favorite uh I don't know, it might actually be one of my favorite movies that we've reviewed this season. Like, that's how much I fucking love this movie. And the cover, the movie poster, it just, nothing screams that this would have been my favorite movie. You know, nothing tells me that that would have been the case, but yet here we are. And it is, and I fucking love it, and it's everything I wanted from Wingshauser, and I, I can't wait for more, but right now I am riding a high on fucking Stony Cooper, man. Fucking what a great character, and you know what? Jack Reacher gets like two movies and then a series. Fuck that. Give fucking Stony Cooper a fucking series. Do it now. Do it with Wingshauser now. And make him, you know, make him, you know, make it have him and his son or something. You know, I don't know. But like Stony Cooper was awesome. And I think this could have been a great fucking series. And I don't know why it didn't go that way. But it, it honestly, like I said at the beginning of this movie, you know, Deadly Force did not fail Wingshauser. We all failed Deadly Force.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, I love the fact that you said this might be one of your favorite movies uh, of this season of Pad. Because in many ways, as I'm watching this movie, I think I watched it three times when I did the breakdown for it. I kept thinking, this is what Pad is all about. Yeah. Right? Gore, check. Check little bit of gore mm-hmm. right yeah uh sex check sex and nudity check
1: Wingshauser's uh, butthole check
0: Wingshauser's taint <laughs> ma- male taint check uh Wango the tango check now a great dialogue juicy characters ridiculous moments it's everything that we love on pad so I might tend to agree with you it's definitely one of our uh, what it's definitely one of our most uh pad type movies that we've done. You know, this is a this is a perfect this is a perfect definition of when people say, what is a cult movie? Yeah, this is a cult movie in the sense that it has so many tangible moments where you're just you like most people would just, would just write it off. But it's got such a select niche audience that would give it a chance, a highbrow audience, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that appreciates something different. And this is what it is. This is exactly what it is. It's like you know most kind of mainstream people will be like ah oh, that movie's cheesy bullshit stupid poster uh whatever it's got that guy that i don't like no our audience is like no this is this is why i listen to the show they talk about movies that are something i would totally not even think of but now i want to check it out and they do and they're pleasantly surprised and they enjoy their asses off
1: and if i got to say you know big picture you know, things that we want to do in our lives. If podcasting after dark ever gets to the point where we actually get to make a movie, I would want to make a movie that was like an homage to this. I would want to make a downtown LA, you know, cult crime movie like this. This is exactly the kind of movie I would want to make. David, let's make it happen, buddy. Let's yeah. make it fucking happen.
0: Yeah. And, and cast, cast, uh, I love that idea of casting Cole Hauser in the lead, but but having Wings Hauser in this movie, yeah. you know, as the maybe as his dad or, so, but don't make him a dick, make him make him like a sympathetic cool yeah. dude, yeah, you know, cast these guys like cast them against type because people would all expect Wings Hauser to be the dick in a movie, yeah, you know, like uh, make him like the dad and peacemaker or whatever, like yeah, I get it, you know, I I I, I that makes sense, but. Don't do that. And also cast cast and also cast guys that we haven't seen in such a long time. Yeah. You know, that's why I love companies like vinegar syndrome who are bringing attention to cult movies that would have again, been just written off. This isn't a vinegar syndrome release, but they are now on the forefront of releasing movies that, that were forgotten with actors who still want to work, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at that Pasadena Comic Con doing a Warriors panel, and all all of those actors were like, "I want to keep working. Yeah. I'm an actor. I want to. I want to work in. I want to work in movies and TV. This is great. I love this business." Yeah. These guys are not recluses necessarily. Some of them are.
1: We need more Rob Zombies of the world to to cast. The actors that we like, um, Sherry Moon Zombie uh, aside, yeah. uh, but you know what I mean because he's he's the only guy that'll fucking him and Tarantino are the only two dudes that will like actually cast like the old school Hollywood dudes that we all love.
0: Yeah, you know what? Yeah, say what you will about Rob Zombie uh, and his his movies, music, whatever. Like, you're, if you're not a fan, that's fine. If you are a fan, that's cool too. It's all good. But you have to appreciate the fact that he's casting people that maybe can't get a job because they don't have that look that Hollywood wants anymore. Tarantino, same way. You know, before we were even talking about Martin Cove and Cobra Kai, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I don't care if it's a five-second scene. He still got cast in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So on his resume, he can put that down. You know what I'm saying? Like, these actors should—they are—I don't want to say better— than some of the more mainstream actors, but there's there's something about that these guys who have an X factor. We we talk. Know,
1: like- we talked about it on the Assault on Precinct 13 episode that we just released on Patreon on The Carpenter Factor um, with with uh, the, the main guy, Napoleon Wilson, played by Darwin Johnston. And one of the things I said on the episode is that how refreshing it is to see somebody different, because as much as I love Oscar Isaac... You know he was great in Dune and everything. It's just like, man, I'm am just getting tired of seeing him everywhere. He's a great actor, but there are so many other actors out there that that are interesting and, and I want to see get a shot. And it's like we're like I just it sucks that we just don't live in the day and age anymore where people like Justin, you know, can actually do something. So yeah, I I want to see more interesting actors. I want to see more Cole Hauser, you know. I want to see Wings houser pop up in in some stuff. Fucking yeah, bring. Bring back Stony Cooper as Wingshauser. Make his son be the, make Cole Hauser be the the center, you know, make him, give him a different name, Cooper or something, you know, uh, uh, Burley Cooper. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but keep it going because there's something here. It's awesome. It's fantastic. I just wish that, you know, 50, 60% of this movie, the actors in this movie haven't already passed away. So that's, that's the thing that sucks the most about this movie.
0: That is, that is a bummer for sure, but, but you had a—that was kind of a nice segue, though, as, as to what you were talking about in regards to our Patreon-exclusive episode of Assault on Priesting 13. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we have a Patreon page, Patreon slash Podcasting After Dark, and on that said Patreon page, we have a lot of ex- exclusive content, uh, one of which being a new show called The Carpenter Factor. It's our part of our, um, our auteur de force show, where we we chronologically uh, discuss each one of our favorite directors' movies. And right now, we are working on John Carpenter. So we started with darks, we started with Dark Star. Uh, the next one was Assault on Precinct Thirteen. We will continue to do every single movie in that every single movie that John Carpenter has directed, specifically directed, not like. Just written or whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 work through his movies. We do, we do that once a month. It's a free form discussion. Yeah. However, it's our take. And if you've made it this far through our show, you know our position on movies and in our kind of style, our signature. Um, and we give it a little bit of the. Uh, The Z and C touch or the C and Z touch. Yeah. Depending on whether you want to go in ABC order or not. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: But yeah, the the Carpenter Factor is on Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you're a subscriber already, thank you. You guys rule. You know that. If you're not a subscriber, you still rule, but uh, consider checking it out. It's worth it. It's worth it. Honestly, if if I was uh, just a a listener of this show, I would do it because I love it. It's great. It's more content. More content that you love. Yeah. So go check it out. Give it a give it a give it a chance. Give yeah. it a chance.
1: Yeah. We have um, at this point because uh, the Carpenter Factor is going to be blocked out for pretty much two straight years uh, with us going through the entire catalog. Um, it'll end at the end of next year and if we if we just put a wrap up show on there it'll pretty much be in December of 2023 and then we'll move on to our next director could be uh Don Costarelli uh could be you know somebody we don't know yet but or it could be Tarantino I don't know but we'll figure it like out but, but but we're going to we want to essentially walk through our favorite auteurs filmography from beginning to end. And this was something that Zach and I actually started about six years ago when we actually did Carpenter's walkthrough. We we, we didn't, uh, we only made it, to, I think, Prince of Darkness. But we started at uh, Salton and thirteen. We didn't do the the made for TV movies then. But that was something that Zach and I did, and we loved. But we're gonna do it all with Carpenter. We're gonna do his two made for TV movies. Uh, we're gonna do the Showtime movie with the the body bags or whatever. But we're gonna do it all. We're gonna do every single one of it, and we're gonna end with the Ward, which is his last you know film on on uh, IMDb. So yeah. check it out.
0: Yeah, we will. We will. We will do it all. Uh, and for those of you that, that are wondering, or, or, you know, we'd still do interviews after dark. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a part of the, it, it, this is like the, the, the switcheroo we did, you know, we yeah. switched it over to this and we will still continue to have interviews on the show that will be exclusive to initially. And then eventually be on the free feed. Um, uh, yeah. the, the free feed will now start getting some of those great interviews that we've done, uh, throughout the past few years and then we'll continue to do more interviews it's just you know this is this is in place of and just a different show and it's awesome and uh it it, but it's all good stuff
1: that's really podcast after dark is evolving and growing and and we we're doing it because of the support from you all, we can only evolve and grow because of the support from from our fans. Patreon, you know, uh, even the free listeners just, hey, you know what? Leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's great. Tell your friends about us. You know, that that helps, too. So we understand times are tough. You know, there's a lot of free ways to help us out, and we know that you guys are helping us out because we're growing. And we also know that you're helping out all of our friends, too, uh, like $2 Lafy. We know there's a lot of overlap with our listeners and our fans uh, with $2 Layfee and everything. So, Zach, what uh, what do you guys have going on this month? All uh, right, Not this month. We're about done. What, what do you guys have going on? in March on $2 Late
0: Fee. March as... If you know $2 Late Fee already, you know that March is huge for us. It's our Martial Arts Madness Month where we fill the entire month with martial art-themed episodes. So instead of releasing one, one episode every two weeks, we're releasing one every week in the month of March. We've got an upcoming episode with a director... Derek Wayne Johnson. Uh, He's the director of a movie called uh, King of the Underdogs. It's a documentary about John G. Abelson. If you don't know who that is, he's the director of Rocky and Karate Kid for one. (laughs) So uh, really great discussion about our top five Karate Kid moments uh, throughout the legacy of Karate Kid, the trilogy. Um, We have an interview coming up with Jeff Speakman from The Perfect Weapon. We have an interview coming up with Don the Dragon Wilson of... uh, well, New York Ninja. Most recently, his voice is of the main character John Liu <laughs> in that. Um, anyways, a legendary martial artist and uh, you know icon of straight to video cinema. Anyways, more and more and more stuff coming up on Two Dollar Late Fee. And it's what I love about Pad and Two Dollar is they're my babies, they're my, my boys, my loved, my wives, the all that good stuff and uh just more and more great content for you guys and if you like my voice you like Corey's voice you like dustin's voice over at two dollar
1: i love dustin uh,
2: <laughs> you like
0: you like adam over at Cartwright, Cartwright. you like all the guys in the bfop network yeah. uh you know thank you for supporting us check out the other shows that we have on the network because they're all quality they're all good stuff talking yeah. back Uh, action action blasphemer
1: past throwback trivia takedown it's it's all good all good stuff man i'm 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 so proud that we're on this network with everybody and and i love two dollar lay fee i love dustin i can't wait for our next crossover that'll be happening again this year uh where it's going to be a yearly thing and uh yeah dude it's this is so much fun, man. I love that we get a chance to just dive into movies like this, you know? And you can, you know, I get to listen to you guys dive into movies like American Flyers and stuff like that. It's... Well, it's that was a
0: fun episode. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a lot of fun and, and everything and the interviews that we've done. So thank you all so much for, for supporting us and thank you all so much for supporting our friends and thank you all so much for, you know, supporting David and, and buying his books and all that kind of stuff and and supporting Two Dollar Patreon. We know we also have some, you know multiple crossovers there too so you know you guys are putting your money where your mouth is and you're supporting us and we love you and i mean that's it we love you thank you so so much seriously thank you so much and as always and take wings hauser and put him on a pedestal so
3: so high
0: and we'll catch you on the dark side too <laughs>